From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. It is also TGIF. Woohoo! We made it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just another day in bizarro world. We open with United States Congressman Lee Zeldin. Uh, actually, just a really good guy. And he's running in a whacked out state. So I guess as crazy as it is, as awful as she is, it will be very tough to beat whoever the Democrat nominee is. But I'll tell you what, I think Lee Zeldin is going to make it interesting Lee Zeldin is a United States congressman. He made a decision not to run for reelection for his congressional seat, but to seek the governorship. He won a hard fought contested primary. He is the Republican nominee for governor of New York. And yesterday he was attacked by a man with a knife who wrestled with Zeldin. Zeldin predicted that the assailant would be released without bail. And he was. Let's compare that to the bodega clerk sent to Rikers Prison, $250,000 bail, a totally innocent man who was defending himself. Now, if you think that this is some kind of just sick coincidence, hey, how's that happen? How's a guy that attacks a United States congressman? Just perfunctory paperwork and you're out. No problem. No bail. No jail. You just get to walk. But then look how that clerk was treated. This is bizarro world. This is Biden's America. I want to say something about the president and the fact that he is COVID-19 positive. And I, I wish him well, of course. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm a bit worried. I mean, obviously, he has the best health care on planet Earth. So, you know, they're going to throw everything that they need to do with this. Always remember, not, I'm not expecting anything to change dramatically. But you always hear such and such tested positive and is experiencing only mild symptoms. Because that's how it always starts. It used to be sort of theoretical with me, but now, uh, what was it? Hard to believe, just not much more, a little more than a month ago. We dealt with all this. It always starts mild. I remember the morning very, very vividly. I was here with you. And all of a sudden, I woke up feeling great. Did everything I usually do. Still felt great. Signed on at about six minutes past six on that day, which was a Monday. And all of a sudden, in about the seven o'clock hour, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, but about that, 
I didn't keep a, a journal or, or anything on this, but it, this is what happened. And I remember you wouldn't know it because I try not to let you hear things like coughs or sneezes or anything like that. So we have a button and I can kill the mic. And I was having to clear my throat. I was just <clears throat> like that. And just something was a little funny. Even though sore throat is a prime symptom of this newer variant, I didn't really get a sore throat. I did have an issue with feeling like I needed to clear my throat. And then I think I had some of the things that President Biden's talking about, uh, post-nasal drip. He, he said that he has a runny nose. He has fatigue. I had that. I had the occasional dry cough. Had that. The president said what I just said. And then he said, folks, I'm doing great. Thanks for your concern. And you heard that uh, just a few minutes ago here on air in the Fox News coverage. So I wish the president well. Uh, everybody out there that's gone through this, everybody's different. But you know what your experience was. And it's not pleasant when when you're not used to being sick. I really had an unpleasant time with it. One of the things I heard one of the doctors say is that he shouldn't be working hard because you do need your rest. And I think he especially needs to rest for reasons I don't have to get into. He's routinely screened for COVID-19. His infection, in case you were wondering, was detected first with an antigen test, which is basically what we do at home. I remember on Monday, oh, uh, to finish my story. So it's seven o'clock hour, <clears throat> clear my throat. You're not, you're, not, you're not aware of that because I didn't bring you into that, but I needed to do it quite a bit. Just to just to keep going. And then the eight o'clock hour comes and I'm not feeling great. This really hit pretty quickly. Felt warm, just didn't feel right. Then I wind up so that this is not like it's in my head or anything. Uh, Margie text messages me to tell me that she had tested positive. So I'm thinking, all right, well, then I'm all, I'm either positive too or I'm on my way. So I left after the 8 o'clock hour. I remember calling Mayor Kane and I said, listen, I have got to get out of here. I said, you know, I told him privately that Margie had tested positive and I think I've got it. And I got to get out of here because it's not fair to be here in the radio station. So I could have gutted it out and we could have done his show, but that was the – responsible thing to do so i left we have test kits at home i tested tested negative but in my head i'm thinking oh margie's positive so i tested it and i have a low-grade fever and i've got this <coughs> you know thing going on how's that go <coughs> just like that and so i take it a second time and i test positive i'm sorry i tested negative so I left it at that. Two tests, 
that day, both negative. I don't know why I said positive, because in my head I was positive. I was positive that I was positive. Just remember, negative is the new positive, though. So I call Dr. McGee, and I tell him about Margie, and I tell him about my symptoms. So he says, well, we're not going to wait. We're not going to wait for you to test positive. You're going to test positive tomorrow. So we're going to treat you now. So we both got all these things, and away we went. And sure enough, very early in the morning, the next day, Tuesday, boom, five o'clock in the morning, your boy. I mean, the thing lit up. They say wait 15 minutes. That line, that second line formed like it was a, like it was a joke. It couldn't have formed any quicker. And so there you go. And you're probably hearing so many people. The president yesterday, we've heard Margie and I, a bunch of people think about this. I'm thinking about it. The NAACP convention. Now, keep in mind, we got to live and we're very fortunate that we have vaccines and we have these different therapies, treatments and things. And this newer strain appears to be more contagious, but not more deadly. But we have to do events. We have to keep going. And, you know, this is just something, unfortunately, engineered by China. But it's something that we're going to have to live with. Can't stop living. The states that did that broke themselves very, very badly. All right, much more. All right, so you know Zeldin gets attacked. His attacker gets to just walk free like like he did nothing. And until we change the elected officials everywhere that we can and everywhere that we can that's necessary... This is our country. I find it completely unacceptable that an innocent store clerk defending himself gets jailed in Rikers prison and a man that attacks unprovoked attack with a weapon against a member of Congress walks free. How and both in the same state, how incredibly sick is this? And I keep telling you, and I do have a few people push back and say that I'm I'm a liar. No, no, it's not like that. Well, I say, well, if it's not like that and I'm a liar, what's it like then? Did the bodega guy get crushed? Do these violent criminals walk free? How am I lying? You got to call me a liar because of how bad they are? And speaking of liars... Liars who lie about lying next on the Hurley in the Morning program. 17 minutes past the hour. Here's our Fox News commentary. Fox News commentary. Vaccinated and boosted President Biden has COVID again. Imagine that. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. 
Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-328-9696. That's 800-328-9696. Biden has tested positive for COVID again, despite being boosted more than once. It isn't surprising since we know the vaccine doesn't prevent infection or spread. But the White House says he'll be working remotely for at least five days, though I'm not certain how that's different from most days, as it seems he's been on vacation since he took office. But luckily, Joe's experiencing only mild symptoms, the sniffles and a runny nose. Perhaps that's because at this point, COVID is little more than a glorified cold and we should treat it as such. Why we go back to restrictions, masking and fear over COVID? COVID is beyond me, and we should never again mask children in schools as they're already doing in some parts of California. It's not only absurd, but detrimental. We've reached the point of living with COVID, and we should never go back. Haven't we learned our lesson by now? Get well soon, Joe. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. BG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you. We continue 23 minutes past the hour. I just saw some very good news about an article that I've written about increased shark sightings and even attacks. There's been five attacks in the Long Island, New York area. I had someone write me, some people are just really nasty. I mean, you can disagree with someone or whatever, but so I, I, I've been writing, I don't know, three or four pieces over the past month about this increased shark sighting activity and even shark attacks. And so we I thought we put together a lot of really good information about why it's happening. The water is warmer. They're coming further northward. Uh, I learned that over the past 30 years, 30 years ago, the shark population was down to about 8% of what the experts think it should be. And over the past 30 years, there has been a replenishing of the fish, and the fish is obviously the food, and so there's more sharks, and the water is warmer, so they're coming further north. So I thought this was all very interesting stuff. It's not just that they're tagging a few here and there so you hear more about it. There are more. So we've been writing these pieces, and I I think we've been doing a really good, thorough job with it. So I had someone write me, some fool. And by the way, if you write me and you're a fool, I don't write you back. If you write me critically and you're not a jerk about it, I write everybody back. But if you're a stalker and or just somebody that's just completely just mean-spirited i don't write you back i used to write people like that back but then i thought what am i going to give oxygen to their pity party fire i'm not doing it so that's been my operating philosophy for a number of years so if you don't get a return email from me either i didn't see it and it happens or you're a jerk so if i don't write you back It's the equivalent of, I called you a jerk. So there's one person who was a jerk, and I didn't write them back, wrote me, well, aren't you like some kind of genius? They live in the ocean. That's where the fish live. You're writing stories that there's sharks in the water. 
And you want to just like go to somebody like that and say, are you really this dumb? That's exactly what I'm not doing. I know that sharks live in the ocean. That's not the point. The point is there is something going on. Anyhow, uh, we wrote a piece an hour ago, not even, and uh, it's doing very, very well. Check it out. And I'll be pumping that up in about four minutes when we go to break. So here's liars who lie about lying. My opinion is this. And until these people get to arrest you for having an opinion, for right now, you can still have an opinion. I know it's shocking. I know it just seems, wow, this really is wonderful. Nancy Pelosi finally commented on her husband, saying that her husband never bought stock based on information from her. You know my doctrine of I don't believe in coincidences. He's buying stock less than a week before the Congress is voting on the same issue. And Pelosi Paul is buying between $1 million to $5 million of stock in a semiconductor company, NVIDIA, which, come on has to benefit from legislation that's good. And good, I want the semiconductor industry to do well. I have no, come on. But they don't even care. There used to be that somebody would think, well, I better not even do this. Just the appearance of this. My husband or my wife is a member of Congress. And then if I make this purchase, you know, we, we live together, we're married. It looks bad. So her speaker, the speaker's speaker, says the speaker does not own any stocks. As you can see from the required disclosures with which the speaker fully cooperates, these transactions are marked SP for spouse. The speaker has no prior knowledge or subsequent involvement in any transactions. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you wouldn't you think it's, it's kind of like I used to comment only occasionally because it just wasn't worth it. But when Kellyanne Conway was special counsel to the um, or a senior counsel to the because she's not an attorney that I'm aware of, but counsel in a different sense, advice, you know, that kind of counsel. She's working in a senior capacity, was the campaign manager for the successful presidential candidate. And her husband just crushes the president publicly every day. See, I always believed that's not just bad form. That's a lack of respect for your spouse. It really just sickened me every time I would see it. I never even cared about the content. I would just think, how can someone's spouse do that to his – how can he do it to his spouse – who reports directly to the president that you are trashing incessantly, not just once in a while, not some thoughtful commentary that had a little edge to it. I mean, just nasty, nasty stuff. So I put Paul Pelosi in that category. If we're to believe Speaker Nancy Pelosi, then her husband doesn't care 
what type of appearance of a conflict he creates. They just simply explain, no, 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 that's not her, that's him. And we put it in the report, that's SP for spouse. And he never, ever made a stock purchase or sale based on any information that I gave him. I don't believe any of that. What are they, are they married in name only? Do they not speak? If he knows that there's legislation that's going to be voted upon for semiconductors and he makes what's probably a multi-million dollar investment, I, I you know, look, they have these ranges because they don't want you to know exactly how much it is. It's all part of their their deception. It's it's kind of like when the Biden Inc. syndicate said, yes, we're going to be the most transparent administration in history. And we've decided the most transparent way to handle Hunter Biden spitting ink through straws on paper and selling these pieces for $500,000 each. The best transparency we can give you is no transparency. We will keep the names secret. And they they actually pawned that rationale, sold it, tried to sell it to the American people that we're being transparent because we're not going to tell you who bought these things. So they have one million to five million. So anywhere within that range, the lower end all the way up to as much as five million. My guess would be. It's a multi-million dollar purchase, but we don't know because we only get a range. It could be a million or it could be five million. I don't think that's transparent at all, but you would think that a spouse, what do they say? Sunlight is the best disinfectant that a spouse would not behave that way. But these animals don't care. They don't care about perception they don't care about anything yeah we never told him anything and we reported that he got it but we know not because anything we ever gave him and i don't have anything to do with it Ugh, they sicken me don't try this at home please it'll just it'll just make you sick to your stomach if you were to try this at home and i don't want that i don't want that for you i'm looking out for you This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. There are increased shark sightings and even attacks in some areas from Atlantic City to Tom's River all the way to New York. Further northbound than we've seen in forever or maybe ever. Atlantic City police officers who have died in the line of duty. Check that out. And Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman has delivered major news. We've got the story on your app. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Our sunny, hot, and humid weather will persist all the way through the weekend, and it looks like we're going to have to wait until Tuesday for a little bit of relief. Sunny and hot once again today with highs of 90 to 94, clear tonight down to 74, even hotter tomorrow, sunny and 96 on the mainland, hotter than that on Sunday with a high of 97. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 
be life. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at three, but now back to Hurley in the morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's talk station. That's right. Number one talk station because you did that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Sean Hannity. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a hero, Mike Heath sighting. The hero was filling up his vehicle. And I am pleased to report that the bill came due and it was one hundred and eighty six dollars. Just wow. In 18 months. This is what it's come to hero. Uh, text me what that would have cost. I could sort of do it. I know that it's a diesel vehicle, so it's even more expensive. And I don't know why it's more expensive, because diesel is typically right in line with a regular gallon of gasoline, not even the higher blends. How much would that have been typically? And that's and also tell me how often you have to fill up. So if you're wondering part of the reason why everything is so darn expensive, trucks are obviously and the truckers so critically important to our daily lives. And can you imagine the cost for doing business there with those vehicles and what they get per gallon and how often they have to fill up? All right, the hero the hero is typing because I see the, I love the bubble cloud dot 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 because you know that somebody is is uh about to type. The bubble cloud went away, so the hero uh, the, the bubble cloud is back. Oh, I'm narrating this. I feel like uh this should be a sport. Uh $75. So, triple, more than triple. Everything is triple or more, but they keep telling us it's inflation's only up you know, 9.1%. Give me a break. What do you know that's up 9%? How do they get away with this? And that is my um, my next subject. Liars who lie about lying. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I consider to be one of the most disgusting and disgraceful members of Congress in American history, could be one of the dumbest as well. And that's she's got a lot of company. So tough, tough stuff there. Tough, tough thing to say. But Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is denying that she pretended to be handcuffed when she was arrested on Tuesday outside of the United States Supreme Court building. Now, I watched it in real time. I saw it for myself. She's absolutely pretending that she's handcuffed. Nobody walks like that. Nobody walks like that. With your hands in an X pattern behind your back. So this is what I mean by liars who lie about lying. Instead of not saying anything, you know, when you get caught like that, Again, she's not contracting Harry Hurley, Life Coach, LLC. But I would just tell her, look, you're busted. You, you just, 
it's your nature. You just had to do it. You wanted to create a certain impression. Then you're so stupid. You went and fist, you know, put your fist up in the air because I, I, I watched this live. And I, to me, she was handcuffed, zip tied or handcuffed, one or the other. She was walking and acting like her arms were uh, restricted. I saw it. There's no denying it. You can, but you're busted. And then all of a sudden, this fist comes up in the air, and I called out, fake out. She's not handcuffed. And then she put it right back, just like that. And now she gets called out. She got called out by Congresswoman Nancy Mace of South Carolina, who we've interviewed many, many times on the Brian Kilmeade show uh, and Guy Benson. So she called her out. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, she blasted Ocasio-Cortez. This is this this was a good one. This is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman from Georgia, who we've also interviewed a number of times on Fox News Radio. Quote, what you saw was a great acting job by AOC. And that's pretty much what she is. And that's what she's been the entire time she's been a member of Congress. Isn't that great? I love that. Here's another good one. Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Quote, here you are, AOC, breaking your fake handcuff pose for a good fist pump and shout out to the crowd. Looking tough. Good theater, though. So let's see if I have what AOC said. Quote, no faking here. Putting your hands behind your back is a best practice while detained, handcuffed or not, to avoid escalating charges like resisting arrest. Now, you're full of it. You're a liar and you're a liar who lies about lying. It's so simple to see. You wanted to create a phony impression. The police officer was so incredibly gentle. There was no need. No need at all. When we come back, I want to give you an update on Hunter Biden because it's just not it's just not adding up. I, I, I've come to the conclusion he's going to get some very minimal charge. And then you're going to be told to shut up and go away. And if this is over, it's been fully investigated. I, I, I smell it. I smell a setup. They'll pick some easy peasy thing that he'll either plead guilty to. Nothing will happen. And they're going to make all the other stuff just go away. I'm about I think I have a pizza on the line with a stalker of mine. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, a friend of mine. Uh Because something is going to happen. This person believes nothing is going to happen. I'm a firm believer in certain things. If you could get away with it, then it would all just disappear. They can't make it all go away. There's just too much. There's so many crimes just on 
the video and the other things in the hard drive. So they're going to take care of them. That I've always said. But we'll give you an update on that in a few minutes. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. We're back at 51 minutes past the hour. We advised you yesterday that the Hunter Biden case, if you will, and this has been going on for years, has allegedly reached a critical stage where the current grand jury has been disbanded with no charges yet brought. Now, we know that there's the lying on a firearm purchase form. There is the disposal of a firearm the way that was done. Allegedly, the Secret Service actually did a cleanup thing there and helped him. There's been investigations, federal investigations in Delaware for at least several years. I think this David Weiss, who is the U.S. attorney for Delaware, I think he's trying to do his job. With the grand jury, though, reportedly disbanding, the case may now be solely in the hands of government prosecutors. And what do you think their next move is going to be? Brett Tolman, who is a former U.S. attorney for Utah, said, quote, none of this adds up. None of it makes sense. Indictment should have been brought when you first started calling witnesses and closed there to that standard. Quote, the fact that a grand jury is now terminating here fairly soon or has terminated, in essence, you have to start all over. If the new grand jury gets impaneled, you have to represent all the evidence that you may have presented previously. Tolman said that normally charges or the threat thereof would be brought before the termination of the first grand jury. Prosecutors could have hung the younger Biden's well-documented crack cocaine use and claims he lied on the federal gun purchase form over his head, adding attorneys and officials involved in the Delaware case aren't proceeding as he would have. Quote, it's not adding up. It's certainly not what I would have done. And it's not what the majority of my colleagues who served as U.S. attorneys and assistant U.S. attorneys would have done in this case. Hunter had reportedly responded in the negative to a form question about being, quote, an unlawful user of or addicted to, quote, various controlled substances when he purchased a gun. His late brother, Joseph III, his widow, Haley, with whom he was in a relationship, had discarded in a public trash can near a school. So, I mean, isn't that a isn't that a crime within a, a you know, within a school zone? And I mean, does does anything matter? Does the millions of dollars from Russia, China, Ukraine, does that matter? How about allegedly not paying taxes? Now some $2 million shows up from who knows who to pay back taxes? 
Can you imagine if these activities had the name Trump on them? And speaking of coincidences, isn't it a coincidence? And you know I don't believe in them. But isn't it a coincidence that China, Russia, Ukraine is where Hunter gets his money from? And everything that's going on right now relative to Russia, China, Ukraine. You get what you see where I'm going with this? I mean, it's possible. It's possible he just may not be charged. Oh, we went to a grand jury. I mean, they didn't indict. I mean, we tried. They evidently are still investigating potential tax violations. He's not a registered foreign lobbyist. Look what they did to Dinesh D'Souza for a contribution that's never been prosecuted before. Steve Bannon is on trial for his freedom. Look at this. This is not the country that I want to see continue like this. Quote, the probe is still investigating potential tax violations, foreign lobbying violations, false statements and gun infractions. And these, this information is excellent reporting from Fox News, who sent it to me. Quote, anybody who wanted to seek justice in this case would have charged Hunter Biden very quickly, Tolman said. Quote, you would have threatened distribution of narcotics and possession of firearms, which carried lengthy prison sentences. Adding the prosecutor could also have elected to press him as a source if they wanted to investigate allegations Joe Biden was aware of or involved in his son's foreign business dealings, which I believe he is. Which, of course, the White House denies. The evidence says otherwise. Quote, I mean, this is so simple and so basic that the only conclusion I can make is political games are being played and have been from the very beginning. When asked about the parallels between Hunter's case and that of Clinton-linked attorney Michael Sussman, Tolman said Biden has much more, quote, visual evidence from his laptop and purported text messages that would play differently in court than the evidence presented against Sussman, who was not convicted of any crime. There's just so much that this is the equivalent of a softball being floated and you have an extremely large bat this is what's going on they hammer trump they lie about trump and here we have and once again it does fit the whole um narrative that that we consistently share with you the other side is actually guilty of everything and more that they accuse you of they're actually guilty of it all And nothing happens to them. When Republicans take power, they don't do these kinds of things. Process crimes, invention of crimes. I I have an expression that you can't make people care. People care about what they care about. Sometimes it's silly things, too. You could do something very, very serious and, and, and want people to read it or to listen to it. And you'll get crickets. 
But if you have who knows what, what the, the size of a Kardashian's ass, and that, that could get 100 million curious people. I ran out of time or I would have told you about Chris Cuomo. That that fool, that joke, that clown uh, about to give his first television interview since being dumped by the Clinton News Network. But it's time for you to play. So hang in there on the phone line. 609-407-1450. Your calls are next and you'll be the first caller right after this. It's early in the morning. WPTG Atlantic City WENJHD3 Millville a Town Square Media Station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back at six minutes past the hour. It is Wide Open Forum at 609-407-1450. Coming up in one hour, New Jersey Senator Michael Testa. Looking forward to that. And then in our fourth and final hour of today and the final hour of our broadcast week for this week, our Meet AC Atlantic City Airshow Preview, we will have Michael Chait, President of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce for the first half. Then Michael will stay with us. And then we will visit with um, two great guests, Paul and Caroline Doherty. They're of Doherty Air Shows, tremendous flyers. Paul will be performing this year. He has flown in previous years. Caroline also is a flyer. Uh, So we're going to be talking with them in the second half. And each Friday, I made a commitment. um, Well, I made the commitment years ago. But each Friday in the run-up, And we've got about, what, four weeks? Hard to believe. Wednesday, August 24th, the largest midweek air show in America, the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. Wednesday, August 24th. This is just going fast. This summer is just ridiculous how fast it's going by. So every Friday, we started it last week, every Friday, and it wound up being, what, five, six weeks worth of interviews. We will interview different people involved with uh, the event, and we're looking forward to today, and we're looking forward to the uh, the next pre- preview interviews that we'll be, do- we'll be doing in the run-up. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You are on the air. Thanks for taking my call, Harry. There's two things I'd like to bring up, if I may. You said we're open forum. Yes. First thing, I didn't hear really, unless I missed you doing it, I can't think of anyone else that would have done it, Ivana Trump's passing. I considered her an icon. I considered her a dying breed. I considered her the first of her kind. Here was a little Czechoslovakian farm girl who met and married Donald Trump, at the time one of the richest men in the world. Every summer, her three children by Donald Trump would spend their three-month vacations at the farm in the communist Czech Republic. They got an insight 
they got experience and they got knowledge second to none. About how great America is by seeing what they saw. And you did miss it because uh, I wrote an extensive column about Ivana. Uh, I spoke about her extensively on air because I had directly worked with her. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we were probably one of the only ones to actually cover this. And I even covered the fact uh, that she escaped communist uh, surroundings and she was a world-class Olympic skier on top of everything else. Uh, she she emigrated to Canada first mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, then met, met Donald Trump. And let me tell you something. She is the reason, in my opinion, and of course him, but, you know, because uh, I, I think children need fathers. You know, I don't care what Murphy Brown said back in the 80s. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, th- that whole stupid fiasco, that was just plain stupid. You, you know what, Jenny, you just remind me of something when you talk about parenting. Uh, you, you mentioned they need a father. Let me tell you for a quick second from firsthand accounts, and I wrote about this. This piece is available if you go, you know, to the website or to the app. <coughs> Excuse me. She worked four days a week. I'm sure she worked beyond that, but she worked four days a week on property. She stayed over. She went home every day except one. She stayed overnight. And there were reasons for that, being on the property, doing certain things, inspecting the property. So she had a tremendous sense of balance where she was a hard-driving executive, but she was a great mom. I, This is not books written about Ivana or anything like this. This is firsthand knowledge. She didn't spend seven days a week. She didn't leave her kids. Her kids were everything. So she made it a point to be with them every single night and only stayed over the property one day a week. She was a very good mom. I can I can imagine that. I was there as a limo driver, and uh, I was working two nursing jobs and as a limo driver. And this is before cell phones and GPS. Okay, got it? Got so it. you had to have a GPS between your ears. And uh, Yeah, well, you had a radio, actually, because I that was one of the departments I ran. So you had a radio in your car, and you had, you had maps in your car, too, remember? Yeah. You had yeah, maps yeah. of this area, the whole state of New Jersey, whole state of New York, you know, anywhere that you were going. Harry, I still like maps because, you know, GPS it makes me feel brain dead. I mean, that's just me. But in any event, I remember taking someone from Trump Castle to outside of Chicago High rollers, big spenders, whole nine yards, it didn't matter. And uh, I remember getting a $450 tip, 843 miles. You did your job. You did what you were told. You did what you had to do. And this is what you learned. You accepted responsibility from Mrs. Trump. Okay? That's the way it was. Uh, I want to mention something else. You were talking about. Hunter Biden. Yeah. I'm reading Laptop from Hell, and I, it makes me almost nauseous. How long was this permitted to go on? Did he not have anybody overseeing him? I mean, pre, I mean, Vice President Biden 
What did this guy do? Just jet around all over the world? Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back. This is this is off um, out of focus. What what did they do? They're in business together. They they he was doing exactly. I'm not saying the father wanted him to do the drugs and and the prostitutes and all this stuff, but all these activities they they were and are in business with one another. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. But I, I, when you think of it, when you read this. And and Miranda Devine does an incredible job of research. Yeah, one of my favorite interviews of my broadcasting career, and I've had the pleasure to interview her now probably about 10 times. She is fantastic. Oh. And remember, she was called a liar, and the New York Post and all their people had their uh, social media privileges taken away. They were completely taken down, deplatformed, it's called. And they, the media and their, their conspirators, they all lied their way through to get Joe Biden elected. I want the hearings after Republicans win. And, and if somebody has promised to do it, I just ran out of time in the opening hour to share it. There's a member of Congress that wants to be the chairman of a committee, and he wants to review all the things that we've been talking about. I want to know why the people that engaged in – the lies about Trump and Russia, because they could have never had any proof because there never was any. I want the 51 uh, CIA people like Leon Panetta and all those liars who said that the Hunter laptop, Hunter Biden laptop and all that stuff was complete Russia propaganda. I want them under oath and have to testify. And, and let's start jailing some of these people. You know, that's Ginny, you know me. That's not my style. I'm not vicious. I don't believe in going after people, but if Dinesh D'Souza goes to jail and Steve Bannon goes to jail and Hunter Biden doesn't even get charged, come on. We don't have a country anymore. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, poor, poor Hunter has the disease of addiction. That's what they're going to say. And I, I want I want Joe Biden out of office when Hunter is charged so that he cannot get pardoned. So his brother, who is also filthy, cannot get. Yeah, pardoned. the problem is, though, I mean, these, you know, there does come a point in time where you have to charge, you know, or blank or get off the pot. This would be two and a half more years unless you believe that Biden is going to be gone prior to that. I think he might be gone prior to that. I have a fee. I don't know. Hey, listen, I, I guess one person that's hoping for that is Kamala Harris, because numerous uh, credible media reports say she's meeting with uh, financial donors and things. This this woman. I mean, how, why would that be taking place? Not not just to help uh, Biden Harris. This would be for a Harris presidential run, which how could that be any time before six and a half years from now? Because that's that's the way a loyal vice president works. They they serve under the president and they run for reelection with the president they ran with. These are just all bad people. They can have each other. They're bad people. If they're if they're going to be loyal. But she may you know, I'm looking at Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah. On the Democrat side oh, with Kamala Harris. Well, no. Well, both running, they're, but they're not a presidential, vice presidential ticket. They're both running for president. Uh, I think he can wait. He's younger. Well, you see what he's doing, though. He's not planning to wait. He's running. 
Don't get me started. I'll bet you a pizza. Don't get me started, Ginny. No, no, he's running. What do you think he was doing at the White House the other day with his jacket off uh, at the White House while Biden was in the Middle East? He's running. I guarantee you he's running. And he's not running in uh, the election six years from now. He's running in the election of 2024. Harry, I think I just think they're both. I have a feeling they're both going to be together. I think Joe's going to be out. Uh, he, he, well, if he's out, then Harris becomes president. Unless you're saying he, that Biden finishes and then doesn't run, and then Harris runs. But if Biden announces sometime after the midterms or with a year to go, whenever, he probably would have to do it before. Uh, then he would have to do it probably soon after the midterm and say that he's not running, then you are going to have a slew of Democrats. You will have Gavin Newsom. You will have Kamala Harris. You will have Pete Buttigieg. You're going to have a ton of people. Yeah, the man who was selected because he's gay. I I can't believe this country. I can't believe what we... Well, it couldn't be for the wonderful transportation expert that he is, so it has to be for some other reason. It's all Biden was doing. I need a woman. Okay, Granholm, you know nothing about energy, doesn't even know how many barrels of oil we use in America. How how sick is that? Just admit it. I don't know. I mean, that's you, you should be fired on the spot and not hired to begin with. There's no question. He, he has a cabinet of freaks. He just was just this one because of this, this one because of that, this one because of the other, and none of it because you're qualified. Mayor Vaughn Real and I, and Ginny, I've got to to leave you on this comment, but I want you to hear this. Mayor Vaughn Real and I, this Monday in the 7 o'clock hour, in a wide-ranging interview, the former mayor of Margate, let me see how, how attuned you are. Out of President Trump and President Biden, the past two administrations, the people that they hire, so either they're cabinet people or those presidential type key appointments, How much business experience in the real business world, not politics, how much actual business experience on average does a Joe Biden appointee have? How many days, months or years, however you want to say it? How much experience do they have in their lifetime if you take them all and then average them all? What's the average? And I'll I'll give it to you this way. It is measured in years. What's the average number of years? for biden appointees none no it's not none it's two years but that's very little and that's scary little how many years did the average trump appointee have of business experience 10 to 15 jenny spot on you're right in the middle 13 you can't do better than you just did 10 to 15 that's a beautiful answer 13. So now we know why 18 months ago we had the best job wage system for all demographics. Everybody was happy. We were energy independent, a net oil exporter. We had less than 2%, one point some percent inflation. Uh, we, We were cooking. Everything was great. And now 18 months later, look what we have because we now have swamp creatures. We have political trolls. People with no business experience. So on average, a Trump appointee, 13 to 2 advantage over a Biden appointee. 
Jenny, thank you for participating with my brief exercise. Got to go. When we come back, more of your calls. You will be next. I am early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you. And here's my friend, Sean Hannity. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. You know, the, the saddest thing is, is I know people that have been vaccinated, that have been boosted, that have had COVID not once, not twice. Now I know numerous people that have had it three times, three times they've gotten this thing. And there's, there's no amount of vaccination boosters that are working in any capacity to prevent people from getting it, which was the argument in the beginning. This this is a disease of the unvaccinated. No, it's not because you can be fully vaccinated, fully boosted and still get and even have natural immunity and still get infected again. So, you know, at some point here, everybody needs to just hear what the absolute truth is. And that's been something in short supply. Even Fauci himself had a rebound case. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for the needle in the haystack four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire and right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free that's right free just go to this exclusive web address ziprecruiter.com slash free that's ziprecruiter.com slash free ziprecruiter.com slash healthy life sean hannity this afternoon at three now Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We're back. It's 27 minutes past the hour. 609-407-1450. Wide Open Forum continues. We have New Jersey Senator Michael Testa coming up in just 35-ish minutes from now. In the 9 o'clock hour, our Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show weekly preview. And we do interviews. If you were with us Last week, oh my gosh, the um, Master Sergeant was just awesome. The team leader of the gold team of the Golden Knights. Oh, I had such a good time with him. Michael Chait, president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce, will be our guest for the full hour. He'll be with us by himself for the first half. And in the second half, we'll be joined by Paul and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows. Paul will be performing this year. He has flown in previous years, and Caroline is also a flyer. So they'll both be with us, um, and they're going to be just terrific to listen to, I promise you. Uh, That's coming up in today's fourth quarter. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Let's try that again. When you hear the beep, it's you. Can you hear me now? Well, you're there, but for some reason, either you can't hear us or you stepped away. Uh, Give us a call back, 609-407-1450. 
And now this gives me an opportunity in between your calls to share something that I wanted to share with you last hour. So to the caller, if you were hearing me, we couldn't hear you. Just check right back in because you did hold for quite a while. 609-407-1450, and we'll get you right on. There's a representative, uh, and I want to interview this representative, and I've set a goal to do so. So you know me. I'm, I'm very driven like that. So I will do this interview. Barry Loudermilk. Barry Loudermilk is from Georgia. He wants to be the chair of a committee that will investigate the House January 6th committee. Yeah, I know it sounds a little crazy, a committee to investigate a committee. But this January 6th committee, and Alan Dershowitz, for example, is very right about this. Everything they've done is just one-sided. No one gets cross-examined. Dershowitz said something during this process that I'll always remember, and I'll always remember to apply it when it fits, and that is never believe a witness who has not been cross-examined. And he's right about that. He also said how, I think his words were, Cheney, meaning Liz, Lynn Cheney's alignment with Nancy Pelosi is shocking. And I cannot wait. The month of August, oh, there's going to be some just we've got the air show. We have Liz Cheney, who is going to get knocked out. But don't forget, she's not going anywhere. Make no mistake about it. She's going nowhere. I've, I've see, I just have this ability to see where we are now. And see where we will be going. And I knew even before it was being talked about. That she would have no chance. To win the Republican nomination. Therefore there's no chance. That she could win the election. In Wyoming. She's going to lose. But she's not going to go, going to go away. That committee. The, the January 6th committee. Coming back in September. Uh, they were supposed to be done. They say, oh, we just have so much more. There's just so much information. You know, why don't they bring it out? They keep saying there's more. Just tell us. There's just so much that we can't tell you. They're going to take that all the way to the election. They're going to still get absolutely crushed. But Liz Cheney, I cannot wait. Until the morning after, this is not going to, we're not going to be waiting for any messenger ballots and all kinds of things. This is, this race will be called, other than liars who lie about lying, this race will be called at eight o'clock. I think Wyoming's like an hour behind us. So eight o'clock their time. There, there, there will be no need, no suspense. She's just going to be trounced. And then I cannot wait to come in that morning, next morning, and just celebrate, which is not usually my style. But I will make an exception for her because she is particularly reprehensible. We'll be back, and we have a number of calls to get to. Uh, So hang in there. It's 33 minutes. It's 32-ish minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Uh, the Double H Man here with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Increased shark sightings and even attacks from Atlantic City to Tom's River to New York, particularly Long Island, New York, where we spent some time now. I like it there. Atlantic City police officers who have died in the line of duty. Check that out. It's profound. And Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman. We have an update there on the app. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. If you're trying to beat the heat, a trip down the shore might be in order as ocean water temperatures are in the upper 60s at the moment, but it will be hot on the sand. In fact, hot everywhere today. Lots of sunshine with highs of 90 to 94. Clear tonight, uncomfortable with a low of 74, and it stays hot all weekend. 96 tomorrow, 97 on Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. 39 minutes past the hour. Your phone calls, your comments, your questions. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Mayor. Hey, hey. Um, fast and Fast and Furious. Uh, they had a fellow who was uh, held in contempt, but never tried. And we had a border patrol agent who died in the uh, operation. And as so, you know, uh, we had the Attorney General of the United States while he was Attorney General, Eric Holder, found charged, found in contempt of Congress. He didn't get taken to a grand jury to criminally prosecute this. This this Biden gang are the most vicious criminal political syndicate that we've ever seen i mean people are getting charged for things that have never happened no one's ever been charged with what steve bannon is going through right now no one was ever charged with what dinesh d'souza was charged with but of course hunter biden you can't touch him i mean this is uh this is not the country that i want to see this has to be corrected Strip searching a 75 year old man peter navarro who lives 50 feet from the fbi building right Right. They could have just said, hey, stop over when you get a chance. But no, no, no. They got to get grab them at the airport and, and, you know, do all the things that you just mentioned. Yeah, shackles, everything. And uh, let's go with the um, the uh, equivalence here where we have uh, a president who's making a phone call to stop corruption or to suggest ways to do it. Donald Trump. And then we have a guy who holds a billion dollars over a government to actually stop an investigation. So we have these two things and we put them side by side. And I think this explains most of the things that's going on in the country, including a guy like Mayorkas, who gets to say the border is under control. Yeah, the quote unquote, the border is secure. Now, everybody knows if you just look at the Fox drone, I mean, everybody knows the exact opposite is the truth. But they realize no border patrol agents can speak. So anytime you do a report, it has to be somebody who, you know, an anonymous source who can't let us know who they are. The union president can speak, but then that's sort of discounted. Oh, that's just politics. So this is how they get away with it. They just say the exact opposite of what is true. In other words, liars who lie about lying. Yeah, it's, to me, it's amazing. I, I'm looking at the Pledge of Allegiance, which I know you have 
disseminated and highlighted and had the red skeleton and everything else, I said, this is something that you may consider suspending because you're not doing anything that's in that pledge. Oh, they're terrible. They're, it's the worst we've ever seen. But it all, I guess, is necessary because November 8th, there's going to be a course correction because of how far they've gone astray. I'll leave you with this one, Harry. I saw a film from uh, GM was doing a highlight on the electric car, and they're one of their top people. Were uh, they asked her a question like, "Where's the uh, where's the electricity? Where do you get the power from?" And she says, "You plug it right into the building." See, see. Then, then the guy from the, uh, the, guy from the power company happened to be there in the Lansing Power, and he says, "No, he says uh, we we get this from coal-fired uh, electricity." Yeah, a, a lot of ways, uh, coal fire, gas, I mean, many, many ways, diesel even. I mean, it, it, it just all depends. That's why that great cartoon that was done that shows this clean energy, this wonderful car, and then in the split screen of it, they show all the coal plant behind and how it's how the electricity is actually made. They are frauds. And don't forget, they fly their planes and they have their big SUVs and everything. They're ordering all this uh, fossil fuels that is dirtier than what we would do here from other parts of the world. They're absolute frauds about all of this. And you got the, the two tacklers. You got Granholm and Harris. And if anybody thinks Harris is a viable candidate, just go back to her primary. She was the first to exit. She took her campaign money. She got out of there quick because she had 1%, 1% support. Correct. That doesn't go away. With a disprop- disproportionate amount of coverage, she was given every unfair advantage you can give an undeserving person. And, yes, she, she was, uh, Madam, 1% out the year before the election. She didn't even make it into the year 2020, knocked out in 2019. Dan, great call. I've got to go to the break. When we come back, Lance is going to join us next. And then we have a number of calls to get to. You'll be right after that. And you'll be right after that. Don't go away. This is Hurley in the Morning. Here is the great one. Mark Levin. Look around. Is anything running properly that the government's involved in, that the Biden administration's no. involved in? Hell no. The supply chain? It's no. collapsed under Biden. The electrical grid doesn't produce enough electricity. What's he doing about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's pushing the country toward pulling more demand off a grid system that's not built for it. What's he doing with the strategic petroleum reserve? Raining He's it. draining it. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you, great one. Ten minutes before the top of the hour, Senator Michael Testa coming up in 15 minutes. Our Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show preview that we're doing each Friday in the 9 o'clock hour continues in the run-up to Wednesday, May, I'm sorry, uh, August 24th, when uh, the largest midweek air show in american history will be taking place oh it's exciting lance welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air hey gracious good morning harry harry a real quick thing uh since you're having a test on please ask him to uh handicap his most famous and yours too white pizza all right, just a little. Uh, Ooh, I know you two are yeah. pizza aficionados. Yeah, he all really, right? he now, really is. Take that. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. Now, 
I've been watching uh, the Game of Thrones, which is going to start at eight o'clock, the marathon of the all all seasons. But you know what? I think the Biden administration should they somebody should do a parody of the Total Walk of Shame. That's number one. Number two, the other day up in Massachusetts, the uh, president kept repeating, I believe, the phrase "clear and present danger." <laughs> uh, his administration is the entire uh, acumen of the yes. clear and present. And, and let's not forget, at that same August uh, appearance, the president didn't know who the governor was, thought the governor was a woman, and it's Charlie Baker is a man, and he identifies as a man uh, as of yesterday. I haven't spoken with him this morning, but uh, so there you have that. And he thought that the governor was a Democrat. There hasn't been a Democrat governor in over 20 years. Uh, what else did he say? Um, he said some other incredibly ridiculous, scary thing. And then he said, I have cancer. I mean, this this is what's right. going on. And then the White House had to come out and say he doesn't have cancer. But they don't ever the media never says, well, wait a minute. No. Who do we believe? You know, the president says he has cancer. And he's blaming uh, the oil industry in Delaware. Uh, the White House says he doesn't have cancer. This is how crazy it's gotten. Last thing, Harry. Last thing. Yep. Uh, in regards to the Supreme Court, I heard this joke the other day, and I think it's so appropriate. All right. Uh, what is a plumber's favorite fruit? I don't know what a, a plumber's favorite fruit is, but you do. A plum. Now, here's the true thing. <laughs> and this it. goes back to the Supreme Court. I should have got that. What is a plumber's favorite vegetable? I don't know. Leeks. So oh, I'm asking, we should call a plumber to contact the Supreme Court to find out where the leak is. Yeah, because as you can see, Lance, they're not that. They're not that just excited about you know, or motivated to find out who that is. Think how easy that would be to yeah, find well, out. They got, you know, they, they got the rabbit out of the bag and they made Hostenfoffer with the truth. There you so go, my you friend. Lance, great call all the way around. Loved it. 609-407-1450. Think about this. I don't know what the total number is, but it's pro- probably a few dozen people, the nine justices, all their law clerks, any other staff. I mean, it can't be 50 people. And we're never going to find out because the leak was important because it allowed the Democrats and the Democrat media to do what they did. And they almost got people killed and they don't care. You have to understand. They play for keeps. This is no joke. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. I'd like to make three corrections before I get on to my topic. Okay. Uh, it was the Russian-Japanese War of 1905, not 1907. It was not the Sino-Russo War. That was a short-lived war between communist China and Russia. And the Winter Palace was in St. Petersburg, not Moscow. But other than that, everything I say, I stand behind. Hey, anyway. hey by the way, I think that our media should learn from you. Here you come back, you know, you made, you made uh, published reports, and you came back, you make your corrections, unambiguous no excuses. You just correct the record. Uh, the the media could learn a lot from you, my friend. 
Absolutely. Well, I vote right. That's how it works with me. But anyway, Iran, Russia, and China are gearing up to run a series of major war drills in Latin America in a show of force meant to signal how these militaries can reach the United States. And that's July 6th, 2022, so it's just recently. Um, would it be unreasonable to say that they might take the uh, Panama Canal? Now, they did take control of the Panama Canal. And, Russia, and China were to uh, decide to invade Taiwan. By the way, history lesson. Who should have control of the Panama Canal? The people that, uh, that, that spent the most money, blood, and treasure. That's us. Correct. Flash, you are a brilliant historian. I always uh, respect your, your acumen in terms of historical perspective. We should have control of this extremely valuable, what is called strategic choke point jimmy carter gave it away and nobody cared he did something very slick he didn't give it away in five minutes i forget you might remember but i think he gave it away over 15 or 20 years so it's like ah nobody cares about that you still got it for 20 years and nobody cares about it but then one day it's not yours anymore that was a big mistake yeah also um the Russians control of the Bosphorus Strait is very important to Putin. The Crimea Peninsula will never be under control of Ukraine ever again. Just forget about it. That's that's forever under control of Russia. And if they have the Bosphorus Strait to a Mediterranean Sea, because that connects the Mediterranean Sea to the Black Sea, that'll give uh, that desired hegemony hegemony back to uh, Russia that they desire. They desire a um, a Soviet Union style. Uh, world world control a world role that they used to have that hegemony that they used to have they 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 long they want to have it back of course yeah so uh, all these countries are aligned with each other Togarma is uh, Anatolia which is Asia Minor which is Turkey so that's an ancient name for Turkey which is Togarma Togarma uh, Persia which is Iran and Russia which is Magog and the leader would be Gog is that Putin that's that's an alliance in Ezekiel 38 and that signals World War three hopefully it's going to be postponed but only God knows thanks thanks flash I didn't finish the louder milk congressman louder milk comment and I don't have time to do it here but I am going to follow up on this next week because he wants to go after these people for the false allegations they've made against other people that that's a violation of house rules by the way that's why Schiff and all of them are terribly in violation of their own rules because they said things they knew weren't true about president trump there was no connection completely disproven and yet they continued for three four years to push lies jenny did you forget to mention something i did i did I wanted to mention Sarah Palin running for the Senate yes. uh, in Alaska. The House of Representatives. House of Representatives. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to, you know, just a, just a small correction. She's running for Congress, but not the Senate, for the House seat. Okay. How do you think this is going to work? Well, I'm concerned about it. She couldn't lose in any normal setup, but they have that goofy voting where even if you win, you can lose because if for some reason somebody's on more second place ballots than you, they can overtake you. My concern is that she could win and then lose. I get it. If they didn't have that ranked voting system, done. 100% winner. 
I hope she gets there, but I think that ranked voting is not going to be good for her. I wanted to mention something else. I saw for the second time the movie Vice with Christian Bale. Yes. People, if I think every American should see that because you will see what goes on behind the scenes in many, many, many cases. I Good. thought it was excellent. Good stuff. Thank you, Jenny. We're at the uh, halftime break. Have a great day. When we come back, the next voice you will hear, besides mine, is New Jersey Senator Michael Testa. The distinguished gentleman from the 1st Legislative District will join us. We visit monthly here on the Hurley in the Morning program together. A lot to talk about. Looking forward to getting into it. Uh, Senator Testa, the first question, though, is your favorite white pizza. That's not my favorite pizza, but I'll, I'll play along. And the, the senator is professional class in this area. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Before we get to the distinguished gentleman from the first legislative district, and of course, you have to understand, we yes, we could talk about the $50.6 billion New Jersey budget or the $39,600,000 uh, that Stockton is getting, and we could talk about a lot of things, but Tom Foley, now we've been, Tom, uh, I don't blame you, you're on your honeymoon, so you didn't hear my monologue on this, so I'm going to answer this question for you very simply. Here is Tom Foley. He didn't just send in a comment or a question to the program. He sent in an audio comment. Did you just hear that? Did they say that Lee Zeldin's attacker was released on his own recognizance? Former Assemblyman Foley, the answer is affirmative. Yes. Lee Zeldin actually yesterday predicted that his assailant, and if if, uh, any of our listeners are not uh, aware of this, the current United States congressman, and this is this was an item I was going to bring up probably in the second or third segment with Senator Testa, but I'll bring it up first. We'll do pizza second now uh, because we aim to please, and you know Tom sent the comment in, and I'm happy to address it. United States Congressman Lee Zeldin, the Republican nominee for governor of New York, and I'm telling you, he's got a great chance. He's going to do tremendous in Long Island area. He's going to do very, very well. Uh, with the Jewish vote in New York. Uh, this Kathy Hochul is a disaster. So Zeldin is actually going to do well or better than he would in certain areas uh, that typically just monolithically would just go Democrat. I don't know that Zeldin can win, but he's got a shot. He has a legitimate shot in goofy New York to pull this off. Oh my gosh, what a change that would be. So a man just walked up onto the stage where he was speaking walked up to him, attacked him, pulled out a knife and or box cutter type deal, razor, wrestled Zeldin to the floor, attacked him, assaulted a sitting member of Congress, and Zeldin predicted out loud that the assailant would be released without bail, and he was. Senator Testa, 
welcome to the United States of America. Those are the rules. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing great, but the fact of the matter is, Harry, the rules don't matter to the left anymore. Oh, yeah, because there are no rules. I mean, let's take the bodega clerk. This innocent man in a, in a Vulcan death match for his life defends himself and finds himself in Rikers prison with a very lofty $250,000 cash bail, not cash bail, but bail set that he can't afford to get out. Fortunately, a judge reduced it to 50000 so on 10% of that... Uh, that between his family members and such, he was able to get out of jail. And the peer pressure, the public pressure was so brought to bear that this ass clown, uh, ridiculous prosecutor of Manhattan, the D.A. Bragg, dropped the charges. But that is a case study in an innocent person was sent to Rikers prison, a violent assailant of a sitting member of the United States Congress was simply let free. That is sick. Uh, it's absolutely upside down world. You and Don P. Hurley have talked about this now for the last, geez, at least since I first ran in 2019, that what we are experiencing is upside down world. We've had liberals that, you know, are in control of legislatures, you know, states like New York, states like New Jersey. They decided that any form of cash bail was racist. They've now put it to an algorithm, especially in the state of New Jersey, due to bail reform. And if you know, if this is your first offense, it could be a gun charge. It could be any number of charges. And if the algorithm comes out that you're a, a one one or a one two, you're going to be released. <laughs> it's it's insanity, and it, it it actually violates, in my opinion, our constitutional rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, because if your first charge is a violent attack on a sitting member of Congress, there shouldn't be any computer algorithm that minimizes that. Oh, you know, it's just a first offense, and uh, so you win, we lose. It should be based on the alleged crime. 100% and conditions. You know, when you had cash bail in place, and I'm not saying that cash bail should apply to small drug offenses because, you know, that's what the left is going to talk about. They always talk about the one case of a person who had a small amount of marijuana who was kept on cash bail and they couldn't afford the five hundred dollars bail. And then they were forced to plead guilty. I can tell you I've been practicing law 20 years and you have legal scholars like John Zarek, who, who appear on your show, who've been practicing law double than that. Uh, guess what? We've never seen that case. That, that That's a case that never has happened, at least in the 21 years that I've been practicing law. But at least, you know, for serious crimes, if someone is even able to post bail, there's going to be conditions on them that they have to check in, that they're not allowed to commit any more crimes, that they have to maintain employment. There's a number, a number of conditions that can be placed upon them rather than just releasing them. OK, just go. Go ahead. And imagine when you release someone who is an illegal alien. I still use that term because that's actually the proper legal term, you know, that we're not allowed to use anymore. It, it, it's, it, again, a part of upside down world where you have to use the appropriate pronoun and nomenclature for everything. You just release this person. If they're an illegal alien, guess what happens? They're just going to they're going to disappear. You're never going to be able to get them back into court to answer for the crime that they committed. 
Now, let's let's marry this into something else that's going on right now when we talk about inequities. And it's not just in areas such as this, a violent attacker and these kinds of things and how that one gets treated so lightly. And the the store clerk that's simply defending himself, which he's allowed to do, you know, by our Constitution as well and the laws that we have on the books. And he goes to Rikers prison. It's sick. We also have Hunter Biden. This this guy is I, I can't count the number of criminal offenses that he appears to be guilty of with his own evidence supporting all of it, including gun charges, gun charges near a school zone, dumping a gun uh, in, a, in a dumpster uh, between him and his um, brother's ex-wife that he was involved with. They're not only awful, they're they're freakish. It's just unbelievable well, all that's going on, his prostitution, his drug use, the foreign lobbying. I mean, I could go on and on and on. He's been charged with nothing. Steve Bannon may go to jail. Dinesh D'Souza, an acquaintance of mine, went to jail for an extended period of time for something no one's ever been charged with before, a campaign contribution that he made that always was treated like an administrative type situation civil not not criminal uh so they're they're hammering who they want to go after and they will let anybody go that they want to take care of i want to get your comment on that after the break he is senator michael testa then we'll go to lance's question and senator testa because he's the expert i'm not he will handicap the white pizza question that lance posed that'll be in the uh the next segment probably after the bottom of the hour break at just about 15 minutes past the hour, he is Senator Michael Testa. I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. We are back at 19 minutes past the hour. Senator Michael Testa continues. Anything more that Senator that needs to be said on these uh, these horrific inequities where people that do nothing, they actually will invent process crimes and they'll put you in jail and people that really do terrible things, they will protect. I mean, it can't be an accident that in the same state of New York, same city, uh, New York City, same D.A., uh, Alvin Bragg that the bodega guy that's defending himself is considered the criminal and he goes to Rikers prison. The girlfriend of the man who ultimately the bodega clerk uh, killed because it was either kill or be killed. So in my estimation, the bodega clerk is a hundred times out of a hundred completely in the right to be able to defend himself. And, and he did, he did so. He got stabbed three times by the girlfriend. She wasn't charged. How can't you charge her? for that kind of violent attack. Uh, and of course, I mentioned Steve Bannon, and I've mentioned other examples of who they go after. But this guy that attacks a member of Congress, he's out quicker than the ink dries on the um, on the police paperwork. And, and, and for those out there that don't understand why cops are retiring in record numbers and people don't want that job anymore, uh, how discouraging is that, that you put a violent offender and, and charge them, and they're literally out on the street before you're done your paperwork. You know, Harry, this is 
exhibit A, B, and C as to, number one, why you can't get young people to want to be members of any law enforcement community. This is absolute evidence of the what you and I have talked about numerous times, and you talk about it all of the time on your show, the rules for thee and not for me. And it's evidence of what, what I have called the, the aristocracy in the United States. When you, when you talk about someone like Hunter Biden, the guy seems to be complete Teflon, untouchable. He even takes photo evidence of numerous offenses and his laptop is, from what I can tell, appears to be riddled with evidence of numerous violations, ethical violations, and potentially criminal violations. Yes. Let me ask you a question about this, Senator, because Fox News has some very definitive reporting that we shared in my opening monologue this morning. They have sources that say that the grand jury uh, that was impaneled, they're done, and they didn't present any charges, uh, no indictments. I mean, what kind of prosecutor? Now, they kept this guy on, the the, um, U.S. attorney, for Delaware, uh, they kept him on because he was working on this. And so the appearance, you know, they didn't want it to be that they they bagged the guy that was aggressively prosecuting the president's son. And then they put a friend in to, to knock it, you know, knock it, make it all go away. But I'm not a lawyer. I could go in before that jury and get an indictment. How can you not get an indictment with all the evidence that they have? The gun him uh, him putting on the firearm form uh, that he doesn't use uh, any type of illegal narcotic. And all you'd have to do is show the grand jury him smoking his crack pipe and uh, and doing certain things with certain parts of his body uh, and say, here he is smoking his crack pipe. Uh, I mean, there's so many things here. If that grand jury literally met and left their duty without charging then the fix would have to be in because you would easily what you're you're the lawyer knowing what you know just from the hard drive the laptop wouldn't you get an indictment for multiple things well harry you know and i've heard john zarek who look he's an absolute mentor great attorney I've heard him say on your show that you can indict a ham sandwich, right? That's the old saying that nobody really likes that we're in the law. But the truth of the matter is this, the grand jury process, for those that are listening, no defense attorney is there. It's merely the prosecutor and really a captive body of, of jurors. And it's and it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. Remember that. you Don't only- you basically just say that give me the chance to prove I can prove that this defendant did blah, 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 and they, they indict, right? That's correct. That's- because it's because people think the word indictment means something it doesn't. It's an accusation. You stand accused. Hunter Biden would stand accused of foreign lobbying uh, and not being registered. He would stand accused of drug use, of uh, falsifying a federal firearm application and then just keep going down check the boxes on the list of things and you're just asking the grand jury to give me the opportunity to prove that he did these things and you would get your indictments one would certainly think with the low level of evidence and burden of proof that needs to be presented that hunter biden would have at least been on been indicted on been indicted on 
a few charges, not zero, not zero. And again, it like I said, it appears that the fix is in. And then you contrast that. I believe the bodega's owner's name is Jose Alba. That is correct. The, the, the bodega worker's name, that, Jose that, Alba. That's his name. You know, I, I want people to really think about this. All evidence pointed to the fact that this man had acted in a life or death situation of self-defense. I want people to think of the danger that Mr. Alba was p- placed in by being sent to Rikers Island, which is known to be one of the most violent jails in the United States of America. And what could have happened to an innocent man while he was at Rikers when he should have been immediately released? Yeah, and, not- and Senator, how about this? I saw, um, I guess maybe it was Alba's attorney talking about the fact. No, 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 no. It was not his attorney. It was sort we're having on Michael Chait, who, you know, he's the uh, president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. This was the uh, chairman of the Latino uh, business commerce uh, organization in Manhattan. He came on and said how lucky Jose Alba was that this particular bodega had a working video camera system. He said the truth is in most all of these types of settings, the equipment doesn't work or they don't have it. If he didn't have the video, which was exculpatory for him, he would still be in jail right now and he would be charged and there would be a false narrative that that would probably wind up him being convicted of murder and he would likely be in jail for most if not the rest of his life if he did not have that videotape do you agree with me i agree with you 100 percent. and again this becomes a change and a shift in american jurisprudence that you're no longer innocent until proven guilty in certain situations yes that you're guilty until proven innocent. And, yes. it, and again, what I want to speak about for Mr. Alba is the danger that he would have been placed in each and every day that he is spending in Rikers Island. Because now, if there is not that video, there may be retaliation on behalf of the deceased. Bernie Bernie Carrick, who is a friend of mine, former commissioner of public safety, New York uh, under Giuliani, before that, he ran Rikers Island prison. He has told me on and off air that that is a place that you would never, ever want to be. It's horrible. No, and look, they've had documentaries on it because, you know, obviously people will say that just going to Rikers Island and being placed in the conditions that exist there each and every day is a constitutional rights violation you know we've heard that before from from advocacy groups but it it automatically constitutes cruel and unusual punishment and people are staying there a very long time before their dates of trial because of situations like cash bail yet here you have an individual who already had exculpatory evidence from day one yeah he had it and was still and was still sent to rikers island i mean because it the, the narrative is and it's crazy they seem to always take the innocent person and make them the offender. Somehow this guy Bragg figured out that the aggressor, with who incidentally had 29 different arrests in his background. I only point that out, 
you know, because obviously that doesn't mean you did the 30th, but 29 previous times at least, and his girlfriend stabbed Alba three times. He decides they're the innocent people and that the person defending himself is the criminal. That That is a level of crazy that is really hard to even, you can't process it. It makes no sense. No, it's purely upside down world. And the other fact of the matter is, is that the assailant's now deceased girlfriend should absolutely be charged. She, you know, why, why is she not charged initially? She's stabbing the, the bodega worker. Three times. You know, again, he didn't invite them into the store. He didn't invite them into the store. They're there. And for those who don't know what happened, she came in first to buy something. And her EBT debit card had no balance. She had no money. And she went bananas. And then she brought her boyfriend and then her boyfriend escalated it and went behind the counter. And that's when he uh, attacked the bodega clerk and the clerk defended himself. While he's defending himself, the girlfriend stabs Alba three times. She's in the clear. He's in the clear, although he's dead. And Alba's in, in Rikers prison, but thank God gets out when a, a judge lowered the bail to 50000 and they put $5,000, the family, the son, and some others uh, put the 5000 together, and they got him out. And then thankfully, uh, because only because of tremendous national pressure, uh, Bragg dropped the charges. But there will be no charges for the woman that stabbed him three times. It's quite an injustice, the whole thing. Well, absolutely. I mean, and you think about it, Harry, her EBT card has a zero balance on it. And now, because of the inaction of the prosecutor in this case, is this okaying this type of reaction? Is this okaying this type of criminal behavior? I mean, if you stab someone three times, that's attempted murder where I'm from. Yeah, That's, that's what I would believe one of my clients would be charged with if they were to stab someone three times. They're okaying aberrant behavior. Yes. Just like what we've talked about with San Francisco, New York, Philadelphia. It's If you're not charging for an amount of shoplifting under $1,000, you're okaying aberrant behavior. And didn't they know what was going to happen? Think about this. Starbucks closes nowhere, right? I mean, for the past decade. You know, you know, I remember a Simpsons episode where Bart Simpson's walking through a mall and one store is a Starbucks and then two stores later is Starbucks coming soon. That's how popular and ubiquitous <laughs> Starbucks has become in, in our American culture. But now Starbucks is closing in inner cities that have large populations of people who actually want to drink coffee. And, you know, we don't need to look very far in, in downtown Philadelphia. A very popular Starbucks is now closing. Why? Because guess what? Downtown Philadelphia is no longer safe. Yeah, it's un- it's unlivable. Let's just say it. It's unlivable. Hold right there. Much more straight ahead. We'll be back. It's early in the morning with Senator Michael Testa, and we're going to have a great hour coming up as well uh, in our fourth and final hour of today's program, hour and six minutes to be precise. Our Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show preview interviews that we're doing every Friday In the 9 o'clock hour, we will present Michael Chait, president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. And then at halftime, we'll come back with Paul and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows 
Paul will be a performer this year. He has flown in previous years. Carolyn is also a flyer. So we're going to have a great time promoting the biggest, the best midweek air show in American history, the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. It's going to be here before we know it. The summer is flying by. It's more than halfway done. The air show will be on the boardwalk in Atlantic City and, of course, sprawled and spread all throughout up and down the boardwalk from the point of Brigantine all the way uh, as far as the eye can see. And some of this apparatus flies in seconds across all of that expansive uh, territory. It's really awesome. They love it. We love it. And it's Wednesday, August 24th. And we'll have all the action right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. This is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Increased shark sightings and attacks even, especially right now, Long Island, New York area, from Atlantic City to Tom's River to New York and beyond. They're heading north. There's a reason for it. We have the story. Atlantic City police officers who have died in the line of duty. Please check that out. It's a really profound item that we put together for you to see and to memorialize those. And a story about Stockton University's own Harvey Kesselman. the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Our sunny, hot and humid weather will persist all the way through the weekend and it looks like we're going to have to wait until Tuesday for a little bit of relief. Sunny and hot once again today with highs of 90 to 94. Clear tonight down to 74. Even hotter tomorrow. Sunny and 96 on the mainland. Hotter than that on Sunday with a high of 97. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Delight. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We always say, we've been saying this for more than 30 years, you just never know who's listening at any given moment, which is a really cool thing. So Senator Testa and I are having this dynamic conversation about DAs, prosecutors, you know, the bad guys get the, the, the cushy treatment. The good guys are getting crushed. It's all crazy. I call it bizarro world. It's, it's just nuts. So now we have a very sobering presence here. And I have to say, because I don't endorse many people uh, and, and check my record on that. In my early years, I did. I leave my endorsements for very special people. I was a big just proponent of Will Reynolds to be our next Atlanta County prosecutor because I just know he's a man of integrity uh, and just tremendous work ethic. His background, if you don't know it, uh, check out the article that I've written on our app in the archives at WPGTalkRadio.com. And I won't belabor the point because I want to get him on with Senator Tessa so we can talk about what happens here in Atlanta County regarding violent allegations and such. But check out the the pedigree and you'll see why I was so bullish on Will Reynolds being the next prosecutor of Atlanta County. And he joins us now. Senator Testa, uh, welcome. Uh, prosecutor Reynolds, how are you, sir? Good morning, uh, Mayor, and good morning, Senator. It's a pleasure, and I'm humbled to be on with two fine gentlemen like yourself. Well, thank you, sir. It's great to be with you. So give us an idea of uh, what goes on here under your purview. 
So uh, I was sworn in on June 6th of this year, uh, and in seven uh, we've implemented policies and procedures uh, to make decisions to protect the citizens of Atlanta County. And uh, there is no uh, simple answer, Mayor, but I'm going to tell you, each case gets determined based on the facts and the defendant's history. And I can tell you, if there's an allegation of a violent crime and there's enough evidence to indict, just as uh, you two gentlemen were speaking earlier, uh, our office, our organization that's filled with very talented detectives and prosecutors, we move to detain those people who are a threat to our community, who are committing violent crimes. As well, uh, Mayor, and I'm sure you've seen some of the coverage on Atlantic City, the recidivists, the people that are committing 30, 40, 50 trespassing, defiant trespassing, shoplifting, low-level drug use. We're moving to detain those people to encourage them to accept the help that they've rejected dozens, if not hundreds of times, because we're trying to save their lives as well as protecting the community and improving the quality of life in Atlantic City and Atlantic County. So I can tell you, I've been in seven weeks. I've attended multiple, multiple events in the middle of the night, homicide scenes, SWAT team hits on doors. Last night I was on the parkway at mile 30 for a serious accident. The woman's in critical condition. I was out on the road for four hours last night with the state troopers and detectives from our office. And I was told right to my face from one of the state troopers, sir, I've been a trooper for 23 years. I've never had a county prosecutor at a fatal scene on the parkway, Turnpike or Lancey Expressway. Sir, thank you for your service. I'm like, if you guys can leave your families to be here, I can leave my family to be here. Because I want everybody to know that I support law enforcement. I support the job that you do. And that at the end of the day, we're here to be of service to our citizens. And, Harry, I'm humbled to have the opportunity to serve Atlanta County. And, and like you said, sobering. How about be reasonable and listen to the facts of each case and listen to the defendant's history and make a determination based on the facts of that case alone. And if that person should not be on the street, we're going to move to detain them. And I, I never like to hit someone like you with a hypothetical, but this is ripped right from the, the pages of what just happened yesterday. Senator Testa and I, as you know, we were speaking about a sitting member of Congress, happens to be Lee Zeldin, uh, who is the candidate for governor in New York, and somebody comes up on the stage with either a knife or a box cutter or some kind of razor, t- attacks him, takes him down to the ground, and they're in a struggle. So what does New York do? This particular area, this particular, D- they call them DA there, we call you prosecutor. This guy's out. The alleged assailant is out before the paperwork is even dry. If a member of Congress, and it just happens to be, a member of Congress, but this scenario, a member of Congress, if they were violently attacked here in Atlanta County, would that person have been let go yesterday? Harry, I'm going to tell you two things. One, not only that member of Congress is just a citizen, just like anyone else. That's right. Right. But how about how about the case? How about the case from out in uh, I believe it was in San Francisco. One of the uh, one of the actors or comedians was attacked same thing. Yeah. I think it was in San Francisco and that person was released. Correct. I'm going to tell you, Mayor, in, in Atlanta County, in Atlanta County, if a citizen, regardless of political party, stature, of fame, whether they're a celebrity or whether they're just the guy delivering your mail, if they're attacked violently with a weapon, 
we are absolutely going to move to detain that person, right? That's a person, there is either mental health issues, right, or there's drug addiction issues, or they're just a bad person. But based on those facts and those facts alone, we absolutely would move to detain someone who attacks someone with a knife or a box cutter. That, that would be somebody that we would not want on the street to protect our citizens. Let's grab a comment from Senator Testa. Look, you know, Mr. Prosecutor, I'm, I'm glad. I think that might be the second time I've gotten to call you that. The first time publicly. The first time was in a conversation you and I had over the telephone. Everything that you said is absolutely spot on. That's what the problem is with, in my in my humble estimation, with the modern bail reform that has taken place in numerous states, and including the Garden State, that it's taking away discretion from really competent prosecutors and assistant prosecutors from making that determination whether, in fact, an individual should be detained. And, uh, I, you know, in my humble opinion, for fourth and third degree crimes, you know, hey, maybe there, you know, we should be relying on the algorithm. But when you have first and second degree violent crimes, that should be solely in the discretion of the prosecutor and the judge at what bail should be set at. It's not racist to have a system of cash bail. It's it's a an assurance, as we all know, to make sure that those defendants are going to appear for each and every hearing and or trial, ultimately, that is going to happen in court. And, and it's amazing to me what the radical left thinks is going to happen when you release people who have a very long jacket as, you know, this individual who had how many arrests was it with Mr. Alba in New York? 30 arrests? Yeah, I think yeah it was. at least 29. Um, Okay, so 29 arrests. When you release someone like that, odds are, one, they're going to commit more crime while they're out before they answer for the initial charged crime. And number two, they're probably not going to show up for each and every court appearance as is required by law. And, you know, I, I've talked about this in the esoteric sense in the past, Harry, and it's, you know, there's a social contract the rule of law must be obeyed. And in order for this society to work as a whole, we have to have individuals obey the law. And when law enforcement and the powers that be in legislatures across the United States determine that the laws are racist or the laws are unfair and they pick and choose which ones to enforce and which ones to follow, you have chaos. And we're seeing that yeah. across our country, whether it's San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia. In order to uh, get the Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds on with us, I held the last break, and I'm going to take it into the top of the hour break. So we have two minutes left, then I have to go to the hard break. Let me give the Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds an opportunity to comment, because this is the first time that our audience is hearing directly from Prosecutor Reynolds uh, since his appointment to the Prosecutor of Atlanta County. How are things going? Mayor, I have to tell you, this is the most rewarding legal job a person from Atlanta County or any other county in the state of New Jersey could have because you can have the most impact in the community, in the supporting law enforcement, protecting our citizens. Harry, I work tirelessly every day with a very talented group of detectives and assistant prosecutors 
My leadership team has been fantastic. Our relationship with the court, assignment judge Blee, presiding judge DeLore in the criminal division. I have to tell you, Harry, I am so humbled. I've met with all the chiefs of police on numerous occasions. I met with the municipal prosecutors. I'm opening up the channels of communi communication, giving all the stakeholders consideration, including the Casino Association, the Tangier Outlets, the Walk in Atlantic City, the Boardwalk Merchant Association. I'm meeting with everyone because they deserve the consideration because we're all in this together to actually enjoy a safer and cleaner Atlantic County. And, and Harry, I'm going to tell you, I am so humbled by the reception that I received from all the people in our county. This is better than my wildest dreams. I have to tell you, Mayor, it's incredible. Well, congratulations on your well-deserved appointment. I've heard nothing but good things. And let's stay close. Let's do more of this when your time permits, uh, because I, I know that our listeners love to hear from you. And Senator Testa, thank you for the opportunity to have the prosecutor come in and join us in the uh, segment that we just did. Thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome, prosecutor. Have the prosecutor. Thank you. Take care. You know it. And Senator Testa will reconvene in the very near future. We didn't get to talk about the pizza. I, it's a hard break in like 20 seconds. Give us a quick white pizza breakdown. It's cruel. Only 20 seconds. Okay, my favorite white pizza on the boardwalk is the white broccoli pizza that I started eating in 1990 at Sam's Pizza Palace. It's also Assemblyman McClellan's favorite. Ten seconds. My favorite white pizza in, in near my hometown is the white seafood pizza at five points in. It's absolutely outrageous. Guest listener Lance, we got it in. Next time we'll do better, we'll do more. Senator, thank you for all you do. Thank you so much, Harry. Take You're care. welcome. Wonderful time. How fast did that go? We'll be back, and then it'll be time to set the plate for a great discussion about the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk. Our preview of Friday interviews continues with Michael Chait, with Paul and Caroline Doherty. We'll be back. Don't go away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It can also affect our children. When we come back in just a little bit, please don't go away because we're going to have a great discussion about the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Fridays in the nine o'clock hour until the air show. We will do a week of previews every week. We will do preview interviews many times uh, past last week. And now this week you will hear from actual performers who are going to be in the air show. Maybe sometimes you'll be hearing from possibly Howdy McCann Jr., the great announcer. And he is he is the gold standard at what he does. So that's coming up. Michael Chait first, and then we'll be joined by Paul and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows. Let me just get in before we run out of space here. Happy birthday wishes to Sandy Harvey, Meet AC Vice President, just awesome, amazing individual, and Michael Merlino. Ditto to you. Happy birthday to both of you. You share the day. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. 
Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour, about maybe 10 seconds before the show opener started. I just picked up the phone off the air and said to President Michael Chait, hey, good thing the I'm listening to 96 degrees and that with the heat index, you know, it's like 100 and something. Uh, then just the factor if there's sun, it, it you even feel hotter. It's just crazy. I said, hey, Mr. President, uh, good thing the air, <laughs> the Beat AC Atlantic City Air Show isn't this week. Joining us, he was just a birthday boy as well. We're throwing birthday wishes out. Uh, my good friends, Sandy Harvey, the, pres- the vice president. Sorry, Larry. Vice president of Meet AC. Uh, and Michael Merlino, great friend. Both celebrating birthdays. Michael Chait. The president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce just celebrated a birthday. So happy birthday to you, Michael. Thank you very much, Harry. Appreciate it. Did you have a nice birthday? We did. They get to hang out with the family a little bit, you know, doing work with the air show. But yeah. we got the family time. We're going to spend some time with some friends this weekend. So it'll be a good time. At least, at least you get decent weather, right? Yeah. <laughs> the rain. Yes, it's going to be. It's going to be hot. You know that. It's not going to be back in the 80s until Monday of next week. And no rain is in the forecast uh, over the next several days. So it's just hot on top of hot. And I think it's going to wind up being eight straight days in the 90s. We don't get that very often. Something you and I have regaled about is now you've done the work and your team is continuing to do the work. So it's not sneaking up on you in that sense, like you haven't done all your show prep. But in a sense, us lay people could just make the, the, the general comment this really kind of is sneaking up on us. It's it's right around the corner. Oh, we're we're a month out from yeah. right now from when all the performers start to come in. Yep. So you know, practice day is the twenty third, the show day is the twenty fourth, but our performers start arriving on Monday. So it's right here. Amazing. Uh, give us uh, your overview of the Meet AC Air Show Thunder Over the Boardwalk Wednesday, August twenty fourth. Practice day, as you mentioned, would be the uh, the day before. Uh, give us your thoughts, the overview. Yeah, I think, first of all, you know, what happened earlier this year when, when Geico has been the title sponsor of the event forever, uh, made a, a corporate decision to back out of a lot of air shows. Immediately, stepped up. Uh, they became the title sponsor of, of the event to help us continue what a lot of people believe as the premier event in Atlantic City year after year. It's something that everybody looks forward to. Uh, enormous economic stimulation to the marketplace. You're talking 50 to $70 million economic stimulus in, in that those two days. Uh, but this year, you know, with them stepping up, we, we brought in some good performers. The Thunderbirds are back from the U.S. Air Force. We're excited to see them. Awesome. Uh, we have the Golden Knights. And what hasn't been here in a few years is the F-18. That is the jet from Top Gun 2. And Tom Cruise and his team flies in Top Gun 2. Interesting story. Was a female pilot. It's a Navy jet. Um, we were having communication with her and setting up interviews with her prior to her arrival. And she was polled to be the first female pilot for the Blue Angels. So we have another pilot that we're waiting on to be flying that plane here. But pretty cool. Uh, first female pilot of the Blue Angels. I'm surprised it, it, it's been as long as it has. Thunderbirds have been flying with uh, female pilots for a long time. But uh, we almost had her. It would have been great to have that. It's just after our Visiting with Michael Chait the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce, and we're talking about the fast-approaching 
Meet AC, Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk. And what we're doing each Friday, if you're just joining our coverage, each Friday in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll feature Michael. We'll feature partners that Michael is working with. Uh, this will be the second week in a row that we will actually be talking to performers in the air show with Paul and Caroline Doherty joining our coverage after the bottom of the hour break. So we'll go to break about 930-ish. We'll come back at 935 thereabouts with Paul and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows. Paul will be performing this year. He has also flown in previous years. Caroline is also a flyer. Uh, And I'm looking forward to our segment together in the first half, Michael, but also getting to meet through you, Paul, and Caroline as well. It's going to be a fun part of the hour coming up in just a little bit. How are things one month out? How, you know, I know what kind of detail person you are, kind of never satisfied and wanted to be perfect and really a hard worker and your team as well. And there's a lot of moving parts with something like this. Uh, how do you feel one month out? Good. We feel really good. And, and, and I appreciate the, the kind words there. It is an enormous collaborative effort. Uh, with the city of Atlantic City, the 177th FAA, South Jersey Transportation Authority. Uh, there are so many moving parts to this event. And it's interesting, you know, you brought up the, the dry conditions and the heat. Well, that plays into our tent setup on the beach. Yeah. And we're looking for a little bit of rain so we can get the trucks on the beach to make it easier to sit everything up. So we need a little bit of rain in order to make that easier on the tremendous amount of labor uh, by our tent rental company that comes in and sets everything up in South Jersey Transportation Authority. So there are still some things, as you can imagine, it, it's a little bit of a moving target with uh, some of our logistics, but it it is an unbelievable effort. Yesterday I met with state police, ACPD, beach patrol, fire, coast guard, going through all the requirements. And that's, you know, you have all this on the land, and then you have the marine box, you know, the volunteer fire companies, the coast guard, the uh, Marine State Police, uh, Towboat USA, uh, the buoys uh, that are set out there. So you have these different elements that are just at the show site, and then you have the FAA, Atlantic City Airport, and everything that happens at the 177. So it, it is an incredible event. I'm very, very fortunate to have such great partners that collaborate with us to make this happen because it is an enormous amount of logistics. I think right now my contact list is about 174 people that I engage with weekly. Wow. Now, Michael, by way of um, equipment, performers, performances, uh, what should the, the spectators expect with the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show this year? What are your thoughts? Tremendous amount of excitement. Um, there's nothing like hearing those jets rip down the beach. Uh, you know, when you see the, the, the uh, F-16s from the 177th Fighter Wing and the Thunderbirds, uh, when you see the Golden Knights jump and land, it's an enormous sense of, of pride in, in country, yep. in, in the brave men and women that serve. Um, I think you could also see from the civilian performers, and you'll talk to Paul and Caroline uh, about what they do, the daredevil act that they do is just amazing. You know, it, it's how did they even get started on trying those things? Uh, but it is, it, it's a wonderful celebratory event. It's, it's full of thrills. It's incredibly exciting. We want the weather to cooperate. I'm sure it will. We're going to have a great day, but you can see it from anywhere on the beach. I think that's the great part is this is predominantly a free event. It's a family oriented event. So come to the beach, watch all these thrills, celebrate with us for those that serve, and, and you'll have an amazing 
time. It's unlike any other event experience that I've ever participated in. That's a great narrative, and I really enjoyed listening to it. We're going to continue our discussion about the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show coming up in just a few minutes with Michael Chait, the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. Right after the bottom of the hour break, we'll be joined by Paul and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows. So a lot of fun and interesting content straight ahead. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is Harry Hurley. The program is Hurley in the Morning. The station is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of all of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 20 minutes past the hour, right after the bottom of the hour break, we'll be joined by Paul and Caroline Doherty. And just like last week, it's really exciting when you get to hear from people actually performing. And let me mention to Michael, because he, he knew he set it up. He knew exactly what we were doing uh, with the gold team leader of the iconic Golden Knights. The interview was a privilege to conduct. What a humble accomplished amazing guest you gave to us last week michael he was awesome uh that's tremendous i'll tell you i'm very very fortunate that i get to work uh with you know the brave men and women in the military really throughout the year on this event they are just professional kind honest dedicated people Uh, it is it's unlike Look, I spent nine years at Boardwalk Hall doing a lot of events. It's very different <laughs> uh, when you work with the military at an event like this. So it is it is really a privilege and treat that we get to do this. So good. There's no no doubt about it. And and I want to have you comment. Um, if we had Air Boss Schultz or his deputy here, you know, they could do it's like a Picasso. They paint this beautiful picture of the the. Um, the vibe that the air show has, the pace of the show. The show has a very, very nice cadence, maybe a good word to use with the military aspect of it, a rhythm to it. Uh, and it just builds. It's very exciting. Uh, w- when you see the the uh, Golden Knights early in the show and they're coming down with the colors and, and they have smoke, colored smoke pouring out of their ankles. I mean, it's spectacular. It, it is a spectacle. But this show is about, um, obviously, promoting the military. It's it's a great recruitment tool for them. So that's not lost in this. I will tell you that Master Sergeant commented last week about how exciting it is that they actually get to touch the ground. Because he wasn't putting anybody down. He made it a point to say that everybody's great and it's all you know so relevant and important. But he said, we actually get to touch the ground which, as you know, we see them right near Show Central. They come up the wooden boardwalk. 
planks that are down on the ground and they come underneath the sign of the the little like almost looks like an arboretum or, or rather a uh, like a trellis type thing then they come out onto the boardwalk up the steps and then they actually greet the the patrons and spectators and in many cases he mentioned this and we've seen it they the, the children gravitate uh to them and then they have them help them fold their parachutes and all of that. And he mentioned that there are members of the Golden Knights right now who were children that greeted the the um, the parachutists just like they do now. So it's pretty incredible, isn't it, Michael? It, it is. And, and I, I have firsthand experience with this. Uh, the first year that I was doing the air show, the Golden Knights land, you know, Florida Avenue on the beach, uh, in front of everybody. And then I see they start calling people. I see my wife and my two kids at the time. My daughter was 10. My son was seven walking right through where the Golden Knights live. And I'm thinking, they're not allowed over there. What are they doing? <laughs> I'm not escorting them over there. It's fantastic. So here is, is the commander from the army, all the children out there and walking all these kids up onto the boardwalk to engage with them. So we have of them and, and other kids that were around of, of with them with the Golden Knights, the thumbs up, the backpack on, giving them stickers, talking to them. It, it is it is incredibly inspirational. You know, when, when we go to the uh, air show convention in Vegas every year, when you meet with the military teams, they, flying for them and jumping out of planes for them, yeah, it's great, it's fun, it's exciting, they're all adrenaline junkies, but it's, it's point A to point B. Their mission is to get on the ground and inspire and form and use it as a recruiting tool to show people how a, a military career can offer so much opportunity going forward. You know, all the recruiters are lined up on the boardwalk, the Marines, the Coast Guard, uh, the, the Air Force, the Air National Guard. They're all there. It is just an unbelievable experience and how humble they are and how engaging they are with Everybody that's on the boardwalk, but they love, they love getting in front of kids and talking to kids in those pictures. It is, I mean, that year my son wanted to be a pilot for Halloween. You know, he still talks about it. Uh, you know, my daughter met an engineer from the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds that was a female engineer, and now she's following, like, STEM classes and interested in engineering. It all started there. So it's just really incredible how... That short period of time with us, how they maximize that time and how they use it to engage and inspire, it's just, it's, it's really amazing. Well, you take, for example, Sergeant First Class Jesse Robbins. I mean, his whole story is amazing. And as we mentioned, and we, we talked to him at length because of Michael last week, he's the team leader of the gold demonstration team. Then they have the black demonstration team. Uh, just phenomenal. Everything you said about how humble uh, and I guess that goes with being a great leader. Uh, they just have this and being part. It sounds corny, but part of something bigger than yourself and also being part of a team because he broke down. This was to be able to do a long form interview. A lot of times you'll get somebody like that. Maybe you get a couple of minutes to be able to do a long form interview of more than an hour because we have the extra six minutes at the end of the uh at, at the 10 o'clock hour. So we kept him. He stayed. He, was, he said, I can. And I said, are you sure? And he said, I can. Yep. And uh, it just was fantastic. But he talked about how 
as a team, they approach what they do. So this really gave an insight, a window inside to all the preparation. He he broke down, Michael, as you know. You know about the interview. You set up the interview. He broke down everything that they do that leads up to what we then get to see at a show. So it was like getting just a, a VIP pass behind the scenes to learn how it all works, how they operate. It was very exciting. And I was really um, – I wasn't surprised, but I was very pleasantly just as a listener taking it all in when he mentioned about how much they enjoy being with the public after they land. It was very cool. They love it. They love it. And and they couldn't be better. They couldn't be better at it. You know, they land. Uh, we have their lunch waiting for them. They engage with the community. They get a police escort back to the airport getting ready for their second jump. So they're moving incredibly fast when they get here. Uh, actually, I'll let you know a little secret. Saturday, before the air show, they're jumping in the Yankee Stadium before they come here. Wow. So they're going to the game. They're going to jump in the stadium. But, I mean, they're constantly moving across the country. This is what they do. Yeah. So it, it's pretty amazing. Here's the other thing, and we have just two minutes to squeeze it in so that we're on time for your two distinguished guests, uh, Paul and Caroline, that are going to join us in the second half of the program. Michael Chait, president of the Greater Atlantic Sea Chamber of Commerce. We talked about how special the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show is because they perform, you know, I, I don't believe in tearing anything else down to lift something else up, but there's, how could you have a better venue than basically what almost looks like a miles-long landing strip, the boardwalk, the beach, the Atlantic Ocean, our venue is spectacular, is it not, Michael? It is. And, and just to give you an idea how far this marine box is, the, the, and the marine box is the performance area for all performers. It goes from, you know, about Ventnor, close to Jackson Avenue, all the way down to the Steel Pier. You know, that's the range of, you know, show centers near Boardwalk Hall at Florida Avenue. But that gives you the, the size. It's almost the entire length of Atlantic City. Uh, is this incredible show over a pristine Atlantic Ocean. You're on the beach. You've got that sea breeze. You smell the salt air. And, and you take in this really exhilarating performance that runs from right now about 1130 to 345-ish. So you're getting to see military performers. You're getting to see aviation uh, demonstrations that you probably have never seen before. Uh, thrillists like Paul Doherty and his team. And this year, for the first time, we're welcoming a full throttle formation team this year. They are the United States' largest precision formation team with 12 planes. So it is going to be a great show this year in an ideal location. Fantastic. Let's get the break in. When we come back, Michael Chait continues. He's going to be co-hosting with me for the remainder of today's program. Michael Chait, if you're just joining our broadcast, is the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. And each Friday in this hour of our program, we are doing a preview with great guests. And this will be keeping up with that tradition in just a few minutes with Paul and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows. Paul will be performing this year. He has flown in previous years, which I'm aware of because we've been at all of them. 
and uh, Caroline also flies. So we're going to have a great conversation, and she does a lot of great things with the business and everything. Uh, we'll be talking with them coming up right after the break as we continue to preview the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Thunder over the boardwalk. Mark your calendar if you haven't already. Wednesday, August 24th. Michael just gave you the basic time frames. Remember the day before is almost the entire show. I always forget like what little thing is not, but it's almost the entire show. It's probably worth taking a moment, Michael, if you want to talk about the day before, because that's incredible. It's like two air shows in two days. It's remarkable and, and magical. And this is the biggest and the best midweek air show in American history. How's that for telling the truth and not bragging about it? At 31 minutes past the hour, we will be right back. Don't go away with Michael Chait and soon with Paul and Caroline Doherty. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, this is going to be a blast. I cannot wait. Uh, Michael has given me the honors of introducing our esteemed panel for the remainder of today's program. Paul Doherty, who we've mentioned a bunch of times today, and Caroline Doherty. So this is father-daughter team. Also, uh, I'm going to spill the beans because this is radio, theater of the mind, and, and you can't see. But in the studio audience is Melissa, Paul's wife. Paul has over 23 hours in the sky. Caroline, who is the crew chief announcer, and she first flew at age 16. So a lot of um, pedigree there. To uh, Paul, Caroline, and also Melissa, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Paul and Caroline are participating, but I, I don't want to ignore that Melissa, Paul's wife, is with us as well. Welcome to our program. My name is Harry, and of course, Michael, you know. Uh, let me, Michael, have the first question, if you don't mind, since I have control of the buttons. Uh, I'll throw it out to Paul, because you have performed uh, at the Atlantic City Air Show in the past, and you'll be performing this year. Give us your observations about the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Thunder Over the Boardwalk, uh, what it is like performing in this particular midweek air show with this uh, amazing sight triangle, this venue that we have, the majestic boardwalk beach and Atlantic Ocean, what that all uh, means to you as a flyer. Give us your thoughts. Well, first thing I'll say, good morning, Harry, and good morning, Michael. It's nice to hear from you again. Good morning. Um, this is this is an amazing show uh, from a performer's standpoint. Um, a lot of times we go to a show, we get in front of ten thousand people, twenty thousand people, and and here it's. I, I know Michael has the numbers. It, it must be three, four hundred thousand. It's it's a sea of people. Um, in some places, you can't even see the sand anymore for the people. It's just amazing. Everybody's having a great time. Um, from a performer standpoint, it's an amazing venue. Um, very professionally put on. Um, it's just, it's a thrill to be there. It's a thrill to fly out there along the water and look back at the beautiful city and, and, uh, you know, all the, all the aviation fans that are there for the day to enjoy the beach, enjoy the boardwalk, enjoy the show. Paul, you touched on it, but I asked this of, uh, Sergeant First Class Jesse Robbins, who you all know is the, uh, the Golden Knights, the gold demonstration team leader for the U.S. Army, the Golden Knights. And he mentioned how 
much energy they draw I, because I asked him. I didn't know. I had to ask him because I'm thinking, are they worried about X marks the spot? And they got to hit the spot on the beach. Are the, is the crowd tuned out or are they very um, aware of the crowd? He said at a certain point, I can't remember exactly how many uh, feet above, but he said at a certain point, the the sensory, just the whole experience of the, the way you broke it. You gave me some chills there, Paul, uh, with the crowd and the size of the crowd that they absolutely see it, feel it and how huge that is. When you perform, Paul, over the years, uh, you are very aware of the size of that crowd, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the last time we flew was in 2018, we had determined. Um, it was just it was an amazing crowd, amazing weather, both day for the practice day and for the, the main show. Uh, it was huge. And uh, I had a chance. As I know Caroline is, is on the boardwalk with the crowd. My whole family is on the boardwalk. Um, uh, I finished my performance and tried to rush down to, to finish watching the show to enjoy everything on the boardwalk. And uh, it, it is amazing. Um, like I said, the, yeah, the energy is, is amazing. I know last year um, we had, uh, I had the misfortune. I wasn't able to fly the show. I was invited to fly the show. It was great. We had a problem with the airplane. And, uh, but uh, we were there on the beach watching the show. My younger daughter, Emily, actually sang the national anthem to open the show. And that, that just gives me chills alone watching her sing in front of 400,000 people. Um, but, uh, uh, to be able to see it, and then now being invited back this year again for the excitement, the energy of it, uh, we're we're pumped up. We're ready to go. We love this show. Hey, Caroline, and then we'll give Michael the next question. So I'll get one in for for both of you. There's no question. I'm well aware of your pedigree, your dedication to being the crew chief and the business manager of Doherty Air Shows and the announcing that you do and all. My question to you is kind of a business, but also a personal question. If your dad is up there performing. Are you able to be like if this was my daughter flying or my son or my wife? I don't and and I have logged I don't even know 35,000 hours uh, of airtime. I don't know how good I would be. I don't know how like together I could keep it. Do you do you sort of have to suspend disbelief and not be daughter and have a job to do? How do you handle the the personal aspect and the business aspect? In a way, um, you have to tune everything out and kind of remember that you're a professional. I know whenever I get up on the announcing stand, sometimes I get nervous, you know, especially Atlantic City, there's so many people, uh, but you just have to focus and remember your task and what you're supposed to do. And then for me, it's kind of like, oh, I'm the announcer. And then as soon as he does his last photo pass, I'm kind of like, oh, hey, that's my dad. You know, so... Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to ask you that question because I, I was there. I saw the job that you do and I thought, wow, so professional and could suspend, you know, like th- that's her dad. And I'd be worried. And, you know, you know no matter how great you are, you got to always be thinking about everything uh, so that that to get the opportunity to pose that question to you, Caroline, was something I was really looking forward to this morning. Give us your observations, Caroline, then we'll turn it over to Michael for the next round of questions. Your observations about the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. First of all, I absolutely love that it's on the beach. Um, for me, I'll hang, like my dad said, I hang out at the boardwalk all day, so, you know, it'll get hot in the morning. So I'll go for a swim and then just casually, like, go on up to the announcer stand and then do my job. 
and then head back to the beach and relax. So that's amazing. Just the people in general, it's so cool to see how many people are interested in aviation. Um, I think a lot of people aren't really that interested in planes until they see something like the air show and they see all the aerobatics and all the formation and the high speed passes. And then it's just amazing to see how many people, the general population and the public that are really interested in aviation. Very, very nice. Uh, Michael? No, I appreciate it. And, and, and welcome, Caroline and Paul. I'm so glad that uh, you guys came back this year. It's going to be a great show. Paul, we talked about this the first time I met you. It was a couple of years ago. Can you tell the audience and, and tell Harry how you got started being such a <laughs> thrillist and daredevil pilot? <laughs> well, um, I guess it goes back to, to being a kid. I started flying when I was 17 years old and uh, got my license. Uh, I think I was 18, had my commercial when I was 19. Uh, so things went really fast. But uh, I just always had a love for air shows. I would go to air shows with my father as a child. Um, he would take me to a bunch of them. I remember a lot of air shows at airports that aren't even there. Of course, performers that have long since passed on. Um, but uh, it was it was great memories and something I always thought I'd love to do. And uh, then getting into aviation, you know, as a teenager, and we started going to more air shows. And uh, it's just one of these things I wanted to do. So um, I did it all the wrong way. Um, and uh, started doing aerobatics in an old Taylor craft. It's a two-seat side-by-side high-wing airplane with a little 65-horse engine. An airplane you really shouldn't be learning aerobatics in, but uh, I did that, and then just worked my way up into a uh, into a pit special, and then uh, briefly with the pits, and then into a Great Lakes 1930 Great Lakes, which is a two seat, little bigger biplane, and uh, which we still have, we still fly it. It's getting ready to be restored again. It's been around a while, but uh, that airplane taught me an awful lot, and uh, it was a lot of. Uh, read the book, watch a video, and go out and try this and try that. And uh, or is the daredevil part of it, I don't know if I want to call it daredevil. I mean, we we try to practice these things. You know, you won't you won't go you won't see me do anything I haven't done. You know, hundreds of times uh, when I'm flying there over the boardwalk. Um, so, uh, but uh, Caroline's got anything to add to this? But um, it's just it's just an evolution. Um, and then we worked our way up into this, you know, faster, smaller airplane, the Kristen Eagle. And, uh, again, had to learn more and, uh, add more to the repertoire. Um, so as far as daredevil, I don't know if I, I don't know if I call it daredevilness. Um, it is all, it's all calculated. It's all planned out. It's all, uh, rehearsed over and over and over and over again. But, Let me, if I could follow up on that, Paul and Michael and Carolina, Melissa, you wouldn't call it that, but I do believe the spectator, because I vividly remember seeing you perform back in 2018, and I, I was on air at the time, and I was just, wow. This, I mean, this it's like controlled, uh, I don't know what to call it. I'm not going to call it controlled pandemonium, but a controlled, you can tell that your skill is so incredible that you're in total control, but to the viewer, Maybe it looks a little bit out of control, which really, from a spectator point of view, is just it's thrilling to watch you perform. Right. So we would probably as lay people, as spectators, we would probably call it dare, daredevil. 
but you wouldn't because you've Absolutely. done it and you're in control. Right. That, that's where we work in. I said part of the showmanship of the whole thing is is to all the audience and uh, make them think that. I mean, there are a couple of maneuvers I do where it does look like the airplane's completely out of control. And uh, but I assure you, it is under control. Yeah, that's and, that's the amazing part. I remember saying I know he's in control, but oh, my gosh. I mean, so you definitely achieve f- the visual of your performance is 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 electrifying it's it's thrilling it truly is and to our listeners that are going to be coming out on wednesday august 24th to the meet ac atlantic city air show thunder over the boardwalk you will be very very pleased when the show gets to uh to paul and caroline's part of the program it's it's just incredible and i i'm so happy that you're back michael your next uh, comment question for uh caroline or wherever we're going to go from here you'll take back the time when we return and then we'll be uninterrupted until six minutes past the top of the hour and we will take you right to my friend brian kilmeade with uh michael chait the president of the greater atlantic city chamber of commerce and paul caroline melissa Doherty of Doherty Air Shows. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square Media Station. Hi, it's Larry Elder, and I want to talk to you about 100% drug free relief factor. I've been telling you about it for years on radio and television. Why? Because I believe in it, I use it. My friends use it, and hundreds of thousands of others out there have tried it. About 70% of those people go on to order more. They find that Relief Factor works to help their bodies fight inflammation and eliminate their pain. Take Mark in Texas, for example. He'd been dealing with pain in his right shoulder for months, almost constantly, when he decided to give Relief Factor a try. Within two weeks of taking it every day, the pain in his shoulder faded away and completely disappeared. There are so many people out there whose experiences with Relief Factor are just like Mark's. What about you? Might your pain be the next to go away with Relief Factor? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Just go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I thank you very much. At 54 minutes past the hour, it is Michael Chait, the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. And we are joined by Paul on air by Paul and Caroline Doherty, father daughter team of Doherty Air Shows. And Melissa is with us as well uh, for more than moral support. Paul will be performing this year after basically a four year absence. So I'm completely I told Paul off air. I'm nerding out. I'm geeking out because he's absolutely one of my favorite parts of the Meet AC, Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk. And when you join us uh, on August 24th, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to understand why it, it's, it just appears death-defying to me and so incredibly uh, precise and the, just the talent, the skill sets, really remarkable. Uh, Michael, as promised, uh, time is yours. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Um, Paul, you, it's, we spent a lot of time talking about the, the spectator's view. We have no idea what it's like sitting in the top as you're in control and doing these aerobatics in the air. Is there a a favorite maneuver of yours? Is there something you can describe to the audience to describe what it's like being in the cockpit while you're doing that? 
Oh, okay. Well, I, I always talk about my favorite maneuver is what, what is called the uh, torque roll. Um, and I actually dedicate my, my torque roll to a, to a fellow performer by the name of Charlie Hillard who invented this maneuver back in 1973. And uh, uh, he actually also flew a Kristen Eagle later on, which is what I fly, Kristen Eagle. So uh, a little common bond there. But um, it, it's, it's a great maneuver. Um, the idea, everything with, everything with aer- aerobatics is essentially turning energy into some kind of airspeed, turning energy into a maneuver. And uh, so doing this maneuver, it's, it's, uh, it's diving into the air show uh, box, um, building as much speed as I can. Uh, I get to about 200 miles an hour with the airplane. And then... Uh, so I'm coming down maybe on a 45-degree angle, building the speed. And then the bottom, I'll pull hard, take a good look over my shoulder or out to the left. A lot of maneuvers uh, are always, you're always looking outside the airplane to the left or to the right. Uh, it's not always, you're not always staring out the front. There's a lot of, your head's on a, a pivot looking left and right and left and right. So I, I dive in and then I pull to the vertical. So it's a, it's a vertical maneuver. It goes straight up. And uh, so I've taken all this energy now that I've got gained going downhill. I pull vertical. As I pull to the vertical, again, I, I look over my left shoulder and look out at the left wing, make sure it's on the horizon, get a good view of the beach, get a good view of everybody out there that's having a good time, and uh, pull to the vertical and then just turn that energy into altitude going up. And as I do that, I roll. So now I'm going to throw my stick hard to the left. I'm going to hold it there, get the airplane in its rolling access uh, as fast as I can. So now I'm going vertical, and it's rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling until I run out of energy. I'll gain somewhere maybe 1,600, 1,700 feet uh, in altitude, still rolling. Once I reach the top of that maneuver, uh, the torque of the propeller actually takes over now. And with the propeller turning one way, it has a tendency to start turning the airplane the other. So it's still rolling in the same direction that I went into it. But now it stops momentarily and the airplane turns as I'm just sitting still in space. And then it starts going backwards. And if I get lucky and do well for the day, again, looking out the side, trying to keep everything level, uh, the airplane will back up, uh, screwing its way down the same way I just went up. So I'll go down a few hundred feet uh, going backwards. And uh, that's, that's my favorite maneuver. Wow. Um, it's, it's a relatively easy maneuver on the body. Uh, the hardest part is, the, is the, that initial pull at the bottom. I'll be maybe four and a half Gs. So me and the airplane will weigh four and a half times wow. what we do just sitting at one G unit in the bottom of that pull. And then once we get going vertical, you feel great. It's a lot of fun. Paul Caroline, Michael, not lost on me was you had in there. If I get lucky, <laughs> I just I, that that just struck me. That struck me. I heard you laugh, just a little chuckle there, Michael, yep. uh, because that was that was fantastic. That was that. See, that's why I love these long form interviews, Michael. That we have the opportunity to do last week, this week, and we're going to do them each week because it's so for the folks that listen to this. And if you missed any of it. The podcast will be up very, very shortly, and you can hear any of this interview because we're spending more than an hour with Paul and Caroline and with Michael Chait uh, about the fast-approaching Atlantic City Air Show, Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk Wednesday, 
August 24th. Michael, what else do you have? We have, a, uh, by the way, time set. We've got a little over five minutes. Go ahead, Michael. I, I, I can't believe that description. You know, my heart's racing. I'm, one, I'm scared of heights. So I hear that description and, I, and I'm freaking out. I am too, Michael. Don't worry. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is so real. It's so cool. Michael, uh, point of personal privilege. I want to ask a quick follow-up. Then I'll turn it back to you. Paul, do you ever worry that when you're in a stall that it won't start again? Well, a stall, that, that's, a, that's a really good question you have there. A stall in aviation is does not mean the engine stops running. Okay. A stall means the wing is not flying anymore. Gotcha. So you get to a certain, you get to a certain speed when you're too slow. There's a lot of aerodynamics behind it, but essentially you're too slow and the wing will not produce any more lift. That is a stall. Um, not like a stall in your car when okay. the engine stalls. All right, that's... Um, yes, we, we always want the engine to stay running. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking so. So that just restored my faith in, in everything, humanity and everything. Good answer. Important answer. Ah, great question. Thank you. Great question. I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, wait, when you see the free fall, it, it, it looks to me like the, 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 the plane is stalled just as a layperson observer, and that Paul starts it up again. And all of a sudden, zoom, he takes off. So uh, we now know the precise definition of stall. That's a good stall because your motor is still running, and that's a whole lot better than trying to start it again. Michael? So, Paul, you were going to say something. What were you saying? Well, that that maneuver we've talked about offline, that that my opening maneuver, it's called an inverted flat spin where I'm, spinning out of altitude. I come into the air show area at about 5,000 feet. So I come in really high, the little tiny speck of a black airplane up there to the, to the spectators. And then I do, I maneuver the airplane. I actually go into a, into a looping maneuver and I, and I stall the, the airplane. So I stall the wing and it starts rotating down. It's like a, like a maple seed. If you've ever taken a maple seed and found it on the ground and throw it up in the air and it only has one wing. So it just spins around and around and around. So it lands. That's the same maneuver I'm doing with the airplane. So I have essentially one wing flying and one wing not. But your question about the stall, I have full power on that airplane while I'm doing this. Mm. So it what sounds like you, you might not hear it until the end, but it, I'm actually spinning with all the power that airplane has. And what that does, it keeps me flat, keeps my nose up. So uh, the wing is stalled, but the engine's going as hard as it can. I, I, I just loved learning that because I've seen you do it, and now I have a full understanding, working understanding, and knowledge of, of how it works. Uh, three minutes left in the program, Michael. What else do you want to cover? No, I, I, one, I, I want to thank them for joining us this morning and then sharing all their experiences. It's incredibly eye-opening, insightful, and I can't believe how crazy this is. It's incredibly exciting. Uh, to do it, but, but when we, Harry and I geek out at every performer, every single one, we see everyone. When you go to air shows and, and you've been to so many air shows across the country, is there a performer that, that you sit there in awe every time you see it, whether military or civilian? Is there, is there somebody you watch, Paul or Caroline, but that really excites you every time you see them? There, there are so many. Oh my gosh. And, and, the most amazing part of this is these people that I watched years ago. Um, now that I've 
got more into mainstream air shows. And I've been flying air shows since 1998, but all real small country things. And now getting to some of these bigger shows, it's meeting these guys. Um, I mean, I've been most in all. people that used to be your idols are now your friends. Now my friends. Yeah. Right. That's very Um, cool. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I'll I'll throw out a name. One of the nicest guys in the business and one of the the hardest charging flyers, Mike Gullian, is amazing. Mm. Um, And, uh, but... So many of them, you know, a lot of my idols are the, the, the men that I watched when I was a child and they're, they're all, you know, they're all grown old and, and passed by now. Um, you know, there were so many great ones, Bob Herendine, um, uh, Leo Loudenschlager. I mean, these, the names are just, there's so many that were idols. Wow. But, uh, but it is, yes, it's still geeky now that for me, that I get to meet these people. These, these current great performers are, as Caroline said, now our friends. And it, it's an amazing experience. So the aviation and the air show community is so small. Everyone knows each other. It's, it's a lot of fun. In the final minute that we have, let me give Caroline the last question. How well do you remember your first solo flight on your 16th birthday? <laughs> uh, it's crazy because now it's been a little bit over five years, but pretty well. I mean, it was very nerve-wracking flying a 100-year-old Curtis Jenny uh, World War One biplane. Wow. And I'll try to keep it fast because we don't have much time. But it was very cool being able to do something that had never been done before. In addition for it being a huge milestone for me, it was also a huge milestone for the family because my dad and his father spent, was it seven or eight years? Seven years. Seven years restoring that airplane. Wow. Yeah, Caroline said in an interview, she said, she goes, I was so relieved I brought Dad's favorite toy back in one piece. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that is, that's a great answer. With that, we are out of time. Paul, Melissa, and Caroline Doherty of Doherty Air Shows and Michael Chait, president of the Atlant- Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for a great long-form interview. Really appreciated it. And we look forward to welcoming you to Atlantic City in basically four weeks. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah, we can't wait to be there. You got it. You guys, Michael said it would be true, and it is. You would be a great interview, and you are. Enjoy the weekend. Stay cool. Check on your neighbors. Stay hydrated. We've got at least three more days of 